Welcome to I The Show, the podcast that creates exclusive NFTs that meet your personal adult needs. Our NFTs include a wide variety of audio stimulation that penetrates your ears like you've never had before. Order now and you'll receive five handcrafted, locally grown NFTs. Enter secret code PINEAPPLE at checkout and you'll receive free shipping on all your next orders and 50% off all memes. If that doesn't tease your desire for NFTs, I don't know what will. Katie and Brady on the podcast! Happy Easter! Hey, hey, yeah. Happy Easter to everybody. We're going to start off with a spider story because well, <laughs> Celine hates it. <laughs> Love you, Celine. Hi, Celine, because we know she's one of our only listeners, all of five of you. No, there's six. <laughs> I checked. <laughs> so Brady and I were just reminiscing about, you know, pain because when, apparently as I've gotten older, I used to be immune to cold and I used to be immune to pain, really. Like, it didn't bug me. And you were talking about it's the opposite's happening to you, like you're... I mean, cold now. But yep. anyways, I brought up the spider story, and I think everybody should hear this, because it's a good Easter story. <laughs> it's kind of about resurrection in a way. Yeah, yeah we have weird Easter traditions here in uh, in America, I guess, huh? Yeah. We're, we... we're spending our Easter morning talking about tetanus shots and spider bites. It's great. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's better than talking about fertility goddesses and chocolate-filled eggs. We'll, we'll get there. Okay, let's we'll go get for there. it. But let's hear the spider bite Okay, story. so. I, I like these kinds of I woke stories. up one morning, and on my lower abdomen, there was a huge spider bite, okay? And I was just like, Owie. you jerk, you know? Because I'm one of those people, if I see a spider, I put it outside in my house. I, I don't squish them. They eat flies. Mm. I actually quite like spiders. So that one had bit me while I slept kind of irritated me. Yeah, especially because they don't pay rent. Well, exactly. Free grazers. So anyways, it it was kind of swollen. And what I do at my house is, one, I never go to the doctor. And we do have brown recluses here. And what? So, I mean, we have some poisonous spiders. But I just was like, well, should be fine. It was probably nothing. So I took some comfrey because on my farm, if you get a sting or you have a welt, or you have some sort of boil, you get some comfrey slapped on it. It's the most amazing herb ever. Um, it's Middle Ages name was Knitbone. <laughs> There's a reason why. I've watched, uh, we had a friend named Bill, just to digress a little bit. He had a, um, an open wound. He had diabetes. Ooh. And they could not get it to heal with modern medicine. It just mm. was open because of the whole diabetic thing. <laughs> Within 30 days, a wound that had been open for over a year was sealed because I gave him comfrey to put yes. on it. We made a poultice and stuff. So, and the doctors were just like, it, like, the it's, skin generation medicine? It's just, it's a, it's an alkaloid <laughs> herb. You shouldn't take it internally because it can hurt your liver, but externally, I use it all the time. But, so I put it on there, didn't even think about it, kind of, you know, just did its thing. It was kind of, there's no pain or anything. Yeah, you just went about life. Typically, you don't usually worry about spider bites. I don't. Like, well, six There's months... only a couple dangerous spiders out here in the And Pacific that's the recluse and, Well, know. I do, to digress a little bit. Go ahead. I have done extensive research on this. Oh, okay. And we don't have brown recluses up here. They only live down south. What we have is the yellow sack spider that constantly gets mistaken for it. There you go. Yeah. Um, the... They uh, also used to misdiagnose yellow sack bites with hobo bites. They've recently come to terms with the fact that hobo spiders aren't actually dangerous like they thought once before. It's the yellow sack? It's the yellow Are sack. Are they the that's aggressive what, ones that we misidentify that, as... Yeah, that's the one that causes necrosis. Okay, then it was probably a yellow sack. Probably was, but I'm not a doctor. I'm well, not trying to... But I I've, um, I got like... I went down this rabbit hole one time. I got obsessed with spiders. I love rabbit Because they're, they're cool. They are and cool. And they're a little scary. And they they're, I just little. try to imagine either... I've spent so many hours trying to picture what it's A, like to be a spider, because that would just be weird. 
Like well, just think about of... what it, that's like. They're kind of they're basically little aliens in a way. Like, and then yeah. I also have thought extensively, especially when I was younger, about what it would be like to be an insect being fucking eaten by a spider. Where you just wrapped up <laughs> yeah, and you kind of ferment scared. and then just well, that, that suck movie, the uh, stuff. The movie Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, I love that movie so much. One of my so favorite much. movies of all time. Yeah. But it, yeah, it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. But then I got obsessed yeah. with that movie because I was like, I like how that scared me because it wasn't like a terror terror scaring. It was, it was more like, of a, a, I'm intrigued, but that's kind of freaky. And it was an elemental scaring because yeah. it was some, well, and Shalob, or Shal- you know, on um, Lord of the Rings, yeah, the yeah. giant spider. Oh, that, yeah. Ooh, you know, and or, I'm not even scared of spiders. Or the big ass spiders on that King Kong movie with Jack oh, Black. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that movie was just one big, bugs. one big emotional roller coaster, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Was. Well, the, okay, anyway, so we've, di- back we've to, digressed. Back um, to the spider bites. Before I got myself all healthy, uh, I was sick a lot. And so I just functioned in a sick state because I had toddlers and you don't have time to be sick when you have toddlers. But I had to go for my yearly thyroid test one time and I'm in there and the doc's like, hey, Katie, you have a fever. And I'm saying, okay, you know, and then she's like, hey, Katie, you have three different infections. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I said, and she's like, is there anything else I need to know? And I said, well, I kind of noticed this um, or or then she gave me some antibiotics, right? But she wanted me to come back in a couple days because I was so sick, right? So I go home, I start taking the antibiotics. What we think happened is it activated, when I put the comfrey on the spider bite, it sealed and encapsulated whatever bacteria was in there, okay? And made like a little, oh no, like sarcophagus of bacteria, so to speak. So then when I took the antibiotics for the three other infections, because I had a kidney, UTI, and a sinus infection all at once, when I had, when I took that, it activated that bacteria. And then it started necrosis. The, the pro- I don't know how it did this, but I'm weird. So I go back to the doctor, and I said, hey, doc, <clears throat> ah, um, there's something going on down here in my stomach. And she looked, and she's like, oh. And within 15 minutes, I was having surgery. <laughs> because she, yeah, that's, she, uh, that's she put dangerous. two feet of packing in there. That's how much it had, had necro- whatever, oh, gotten necrotic. Yeah. And, and so she's like, she figured that that bacteria... Somehow got activated by the antibiotics treating. Yeah. I don't know. It was a really, really well, weird thing. And so then I, I had to tube about, it. And... Uh, from what I know about antibiotics, they some bacteria is resistant to it. Well, and I don't and know will if that... thrive eating the dead bacteria from... And I feel like maybe that happened. But I had to be tubed, and then I had to change it and do all this iodine squirting thing and stuff. Eek. And it was a week of fun, especially because I had oh, yeah, toddlers. Fun, yeah. But I feel like <laughs> my thing is, one, I didn't get any spider powers. Like, yeah, if I'm going to go through all that crap... Because obviously it was a badass spider that bit me. Why didn't I get something cool like the ability to shoot webs? Heck, I would have even picked like having mandibles at and some point. Why did that spider want you dead? Is the real question. I know. And then how did the comfrey turn it into like this cool little dormant thing? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed you don't have spider powers. I mean, I'm I'm sad. I I am really sad about it. Like of all the things science is wasting their time on, can we not make? Spider power spiders, like in Spider-Man. Well, like, obviously that little spider shared some of its DNA with me. How come I didn't oh, get sure. something cool? I, the only memento nope. I have now is this just cool scar. little scar. Yeah. And actually, it's very small considering how big the wound was. It's yeah. just the size of like the top of a pencil. It's weird. But I took really good so care of the wound. It so. really good, huh? It, well, I'm sort uh, of maniacal. When I get a wound, it's like, oh, no. I, I've been yeah, extremely but. lucky not to have had any serious spider bites. All the spider bites I get are the dinky little just itchy ones that suck. Well, my gram, my great aunt in Missouri got bit by a black widow. 
Oof. And that was one of the gross. Her ankle almost rotted completely. Yeah, off. those are bad. It was bad. Like, and, and she it, was and older. it sucks. Like when you get a bad bite from a barracuda, because I guess most of the, like I said, I got obsessed with spiders. Yeah, most of them research. aren't. Most of the time, because they have extreme control over the amount of venom they can produce. Well, it must have hated my aunt because um, that was gross. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, when they want to kill, that's what fascinates me about deadly insects, like spiders, and like especially, particularly yellow jackets. I have a weird fear of yellow jackets. I hate them because it's not the sting. Because that's whatever. Like, I've burnt myself with cigarettes. It feels extremely similar to that. It doesn't... It's it's not that painful. It, you can deal with it, right? It's not, like, alarmingly painful. It's just annoying more it's, than anything. It's one of those, like, ooh, I should get away from here kind of painfuls, but... Comfrey will take it the, away in 60 seconds. It's the mindset of the yellow jacket. It's, I'm gonna... I'm going for the fucking kill. Like, they're not... To them, it's not a warning. Like, to you, it will be a warning because it's not going to kill you. No, they're murder... They're, like, murder animals. To them, it's, yeah. I'm going to murder this thing because I do not like it being here. And for no reason... Sometimes they just get cold and they're mad and they're just going out for the state. Or if they're just... Ha- during they, late they summer here me. on the farm, they're super bitchy because um, water... There's water shortage, you know? And around our animal yeah, troughs... it's the water They're shortage. just so aggressive. Like, you can just walk by and they're all, Oh, you're going to die. You exactly. Know? Like it's like when you're walking in one of those bad neighborhoods in LA. Yeah, they just... Or in oh. Chicago. They're like, you know, oh, hey, up. you pop. They done. puff up. Yeah, they don't even they don't even hesitate. There's they're it, mean. It would be bad if they had the ability to like fire their stinger out like in like in video games. <laughs> I'm so stream. glad they don't because they well, would be they'd be sniping us off left and right. And what I don't like about them is I there's most animals uh, with the exception of ticks and lice. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't be unhappy if they didn't exist at all. I, I don't really hate any animals. I get yeah. that they all have to exist. But yellow jackets popping the heads off my honeybees. They will literally camp outside oh, a honeybee hive yeah. and just decapitate honeybees. They're, they are at war. That's just mean. They're like, at war for They're that just nectar. mean animals. They're yeah. like the North Korea and, of animals. Well, and I understand some yellow jackets sort of pollinate flowers, not as much as honeybees, obviously, but. They need to just, they're carnivores. They're, um, well, they're both. Oh, yeah. Put some tuna out and see what happens. They are carnivores. They should stick to just eating the meat and let the honeybees have the nectar. It's stupid that they're at war. Maybe we hate them because we identify with them. Uh, Probably. They're they're a bit of colonial. Because I have like a gut, what is that? Like a a gut sort of like hate towards them because they're just jerks. I went down another YouTube rabbit hole of those. Oh, Um, you did a bunch of yellow jackets and European wasps. I remember when you were on a bug sort of face thing. Yeah. They will create these huge. If you just leave them alone, like a, like an abandoned barn, for example, or an oh, abandoned they, car, yeah, they will. They will just de- completely like. If they get into like an abandoned van, they will just turn the entire van into one giant fucking nest. And it's usually actually like ten or fifteen different colonies of them, and they war with each other. And if you go near it, you're fucked. It scares the shit out of me. Um, petroleum products will also melt them. Yes, just to, that's that's true. a homeowner. Um, brake cleaner. If, if it, for anybody <laughs> wow. who doesn't know this. It's very bad for the environment, so I don't condone this. I don't do it either. But carburetor cleaner or brake cleaner uh, is actually 3,000 times more effective than any of those wasp sprays you can buy. And those are just as dangerous, so you might as well just go for the brake cleaner. Or straight non-ethanol yeah. premium. That'll work, too. But that's harder <laughs> but to, like, aerosol, so... Well, no, you <laughs> If you get a can of brake cleaner, it's already aerosolized, you can just spray it. Put it in one it's of those gotta... fertilizer pumps, Brady. Oh, yeah, that works. Um, I didn't even think about that. You can reach hard-to-reach places, but... I, I don't condone spraying we, gasoline. We don't do this, though. No, I'm uh, just saying... It's too precious to be I had like some that. super redneck grandpas <laughs> that had a hatred... And they also didn't... For yellow jackets, and they also did not super care about the environment. Yeah. I don't know why... Maybe because my one grandpa was a logger. <laughs> I've and seen I, him do some stuff. And I think they're getting smarter because last year I hung a bunch of the wasp traps around my uh, yard. Yeah. And I've caught three the whole summer. And I had a beep like that. Those fucking things are taking over my yard. Yeah. Like my two abandoned cars. 
I just went and cleaned out the bee's nest a couple years ago, because I was like, or a couple months ago, and, uh, because it was cold, and I was like, hey, I can finally go out here and do this and not get stung. And, like, every crevice that they could possibly enter There's on that car, there was huge fucking nests, and I was like, oh, I better just take these down. Oh, the barn I'm about to, to just, like, bathe the entire, both of those cars in flex seal or something. And... Nope, you know what you need to do is you fight, because I love ecology, you fight nature with nature. Nothing mm. is harder on yellow jackets than guineas and chickens. I don't have chickens. They are relentless. You should say I, I should put a chicken pen around those two cars. Yeah, just do a chicken army. Just for well, a short so term. And then you I can just, eat like, the borrow. chickens. Well, you could do that. Too. Yeah, get some... Well, those meat chickens are sort of mutants, and they can't get into nicks and crevices, but they'll eat the hell out of those bugs. That's interesting. The, the guy that I was watching on YouTube who removed all those big nests, mm -hmm. he would extract all of the larvae from the nests and then feed it to his chickens. Because they, they love it. it. I guess it's very healthy. Like, we can eat them and get quite a bit of Protein nutrients from it. Yeah. I just feel like it would be chewy. What texturally would larva like be larva. like? like chewy, would it be kind, kind of, of like a gummy worm? I think it was like a grape, but like... You know what I mean? Like it would pop. Would it be juicy? It would pop, but it would be like meaty, like a shrimp. That's it's probably like oh, a shrimp. Oh, probably like a like shrimp. Like a softer shrimp. So I wonder if you sauteed it in some garlic butter, if it'd be pretty tasty. I'm I not... bet. I mean, everything's good sauteed in garlic butter. Well, look at uh, people are like ew that. bugs, but look at a shrimp. Who's the first yeah. person that looked at that and says, "Oh, that looks tasty." I mean, come on, it's kind of the same thing. It's yeah. protein. I, I would try it. This is a I'm perfect. This is the perfect Easter segue into the <laughs> the Davos group lately pushing for us the to insects thing? eat insects. And Bill Gates buying all of the farmland so that we can't have cows anymore or some shit. I don't know. There's a conspiracy, I guess. Yeah, but all he's doing is taking you away from smaller operations. For all we know, he's just trying to make money and that's what he, that's just what he does. Are you know. sure it's because he doesn't want us to eat larva burgers? I think he wants us to eat larva burgers, yeah. Well, um, but if you think about it, like I watched this. So there's this documentary series that used to be really, really big. <clears throat> and you can still find it on YouTube for free. But unfortunately, they removed all the music for copyright reasons for DMCA. Eh. And so it, some of the scenes are a little awkward because they're supposed to be music and they had to take it off for YouTube. Okay. But you can, I think you could, there's a website you can still watch them with the music. Um, it's called Zeitgeist, the movie. There's yeah. five of them. Oh. They're all really good, they, but they're very kind of like against the government. And it's like one of them's about 9-11 and the other one's about our fiat currency system. And the other one's, it's basically, this is a big documentary series. But for some reason, I didn't know it was leading up to a big idea. So on the fifth movie, it goes through all these things, kind of resummarizes everything. <clears throat> but at the end, it's talking about how uh, we can live in a, instead of a scarcity-based economy like we have it now, mm -hmm. we can live in an abundance-based society. We have all the resources, and it's just a matter of, like, changing the, the zeitgeist. Which is but an then, interesting idea. But then he goes into, like, an hour-long thing about eating bugs instead of fucking meat. Okay, as but... As far as a good source of protein that's very easy to grow and very cheap to grow and actually very nutritious for us. But I'm just saying, it's like... You watch that whole fucking series, and you finally get to the end, and it's just a, the whole thing was it's trying to, to preach convince about you to bugs. eat bugs. It was interesting. <laughs> I wonder if the Davos group had anything to do with that. I feel like the greatest way to get people <laughs> to enjoy ecological things is to just put the information out there for them to decide themselves. But the second you like force people to do things, you're going to cause yourself your own doom. Yeah. Because, like, the idea of eating bugs, okay, protein, amino acids are amino acids. Mm -hmm. We decided how we liked our amino acids presented to us through anthropological, you know, all of these different things throughout history, right? Yeah. Because why don't we eat cows instead of cats? Like, or cats instead of cows. There's there's all of these aspects. As a farmer, I understand. That one might be, like, an ecological reason, or maybe, like, a, um, an well, econ more economical. Because, I mean. Oh, maybe I should do it a different way. Why didn't we domesticate rhinos instead? 
I mean, yeah, that's a good question. That, you know, Maybe they don't breed as fast or they take longer to grow into edible meat. I don't know. I'm thinking like the reason we eat cows and chickens and stuff is just because of how easy they grow, how cheap they are to grow, Ooh, and how a, much meat they produce. There's a fascinating book out there. I'll have to look it up and put it in our um, description about mm. how we have developed. It's you want to make about, notes? If we're gonna, yeah. We're going to get better at this podcasting thing, guys, because we yeah. say a lot of things. We're going to put it in the description or we're going to do this and that. And then we never do them, so I'm going to have Katie start writing some stuff down. Okay, and then the Zeitgeist might, thing. We might also uh, start taking notes at, like, little, here's here's a subject we talk about, and then when we segue into another one, we write that down, because I figured out we can write a summary of our episodes on Podbean. Well, there we go. Anyway, you guys don't need to hear about all this. Well, no. <laughs> There's a chicken book about chicken how book. we've just, um, what we've done to just the chicken, okay? The because chicken. chickens did not start out with one pound chicken breast. Oh, no. We did that in the last century, oh, actually. Oh, yeah, GMO, man. And then with therapeutic antibiotics. So it's interesting to see what we think. You know, one time, do you know that you sold, they sold chickens dipped in antibiotics? Like the, the That sounds disgusting. It was in the 50s. Probably unhealthy. You should just read this book. They did I a will... lot of really unhealthy things in the 50s. Yeah, they like did. Everything, but it's futurism. Everything, for some reason, they're just like, let's coat literally everything in lead. That'll be a great That'd idea. Kids will totally not eat it or anything or lick well, things. And that's why I feel like when people say, but science, it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, science so. is just our ongoing best guess based upon the availability of new information, right? Yeah, and so exactly. it's like, science at one time told you to, like, you know, what was it when you, we drank thallium. They treated mm-hmm. stuff with thallium. Yeah. And that was science. So you've got to be really, use your brain. Yeah, it's one of those things. Well, we can't always use it. Like, sometimes you have, we, we think we can trust the science. Science is so fluid. Like science like isn't dynamic. science isn't God. Science isn't hundred percent correct. The scientific method is very important though. I love because science. that's how we, you know, go, oh, lead wasn't it wasn't good to dip everything in lead in the fifties because that's killing everybody. <laughs> or it's but not come on. Or maybe the maybe this vaccine isn't so good because we need to change or the formula. Because all of a sudden twenty diuretics. years later there's cancer coming out of your arm. And you know, with every with science there is collateral damage, but there's also yes, they, there's also sometimes safe, they don't know. But then again, without vaccines, mm-hmm. we'd still have polio. So there is some good things that come out of stuff. You yeah. know, there are people that are saying that no, with the increase in healthcare, we wouldn't have had to have vaccine. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think you should consider everything. The, so science is like a, it's one of those weird things. Like when they were creating the nuclear bomb, for example, mm-hmm. um, most of the scientists who were working on the equations for it and the theory. They, their minds and hearts were set on energy, not, you know, weaponry. But of course, you know, when the potential for that great amount of energy to be, you know, released like that, the the military industrial complex was like, hey, you guys want more grant money? Because we got plenty. Well, my papa was in the South Pacific on the ships when they did all the, you know, detonations and the Bikini mm -hmm. Atoll and all that stuff. And I was watching some footage of that the other day and I was all... I can't believe it's insane that we did that to those islands. One like, little fucking atom holds that much energy. It just, I looked at it in a mall. And, mm-hmm. But then I was reading about how the animals have adapted. I don't know, Tom had some YouTube thing on about like Chernobyl and mm-hmm. all these places. Because the animals yeah. there, they've adapted to the amount of radiation. and mal- it's, yeah, it's Life just, will find a way, as it's Ian so Malcolm fascinating. says yeah, in oh, Jurassic yeah. Park. Like, Dr. If, Malcolm. We will always adapt to harsh environments. Like that's why, like when once we get to another planet, we'll eventually adapt to living there. No matter how harsh it is, no matter how much radiation is not being blocked by the sun we'll figure it out our 
species specifically, and probably many others, just refuse to go extinct. It doesn't matter what we do. But we can't do it without damage. And that's, yeah. that's I think, that There's whole always collateral damage, conversation yeah. about food production. Even with the massive amount of insects, if you breed that many insects... It's going to probably cause some problems. I don't know. Who knows about the genetic mutations that might occur? What they, kind of health yeah, problems it'll like, cause in us to eat just insects? Because we don't know. There's no. There's not enough data. And that's what part of the scientific method is kind of requires a lot of data to come to an actual conclusion that is highly accurate. But there's never no, there's no conclusion ever deemed by science is 100% accurate because there's always new data. There's always, there's always new interesting th- variables that they have to write around. Well, and then mono diets. Equations. If you look at omnivores, yeah. like great apes, which yeah. they say we descend from, they don't Possibly. eat just larvae. They have seasonal eating that they do, you know, and bears are very much this way too. They, they'll eat a lot of berries and salmon one part of the year. They might eat larvae. Another part, it's scarcity, it's availability. <sighs> Um, I watched a thing on YouTube the other day where this, this really large lady talked about how it was white supremacy that was the reason she was fat, which made me think about victimhood a lot. And I think that is a more pressing problem than the food thing even. We have a culture of victimhood and unfortunately, if you identify as a victim, you're always going to have to blame someone for something instead of ever challenging yourself and growing. Yeah. And I'm really scared where that's going because... Um, no growth can happen if you're a perpetual victim. I've been thinking about this yesterday. I think you invent your own victimhood. Like you do. You're only a victim if you think you are. You can just get over it. You know. I'm. I'm not, I know it's. It's so fucking. You, it. It sounds like I don't care or whatever like that. But like, you can dwell on it forever, or you can just okay. That happened. And I'm gonna. You know. It's well, not happening. No and more, I was reading about today a man. That the only true both. victims are like murder victims because they can't get over it. They're dead. So, well, that's true. And I, I was it. reading about today that they don't <laughs> teach logic in school anymore, which no. I feel like causes a lot of this because you're not ever... Ch- they were talking about need, the need for debate, the need for argument, the need for, you know, throwing yourself out there and being challenged all the time because being wrong is not just about being right. It's also about you are wrong a lot. And then once you learn mm-hmm. to, it's okay to be wrong and then you grow, then you can develop what's known as focus. And focus is not being distracted by it. That person was mean to me on Twitter. Focus yeah. is, okay, what about my premise is wrong and how can mm, I grow here? Yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking a well, lot like about that. this lately. Well, I live in a constant state of I might be wrong. Me no too. matter what I do and what I say and what I think. I, I always act like I'm right. <laughs> but in the <laughs> back you... of my head, I'm always like, you know, I could definitely be wrong. But this is based on the data I've gotten through the scientific method that kind of filters everything in my brain. I go, it, this, is more ac- this is more likely to be correct. Based on the data that I have. Think about it, though. But our, I could be wrong. Our entire existence is like having a deck stacked against you to harsh your mellow. Mm-hmm. And That's to true, use hippie way, language. Man. Let's think about it, <laughs> though. Harshing my mellow, Harsh your man. mellow. You've got your brain is never stopping. <clears throat> it's always thinking. It's always trying to sabotage you when you're trying to work on a project. Then you have the outside forces. You know, oh, I don't like you. My feelings are... Then you have generational dysfunction that you have to deal with and the psychological damage. So you have all of these things. If you're not constantly trying to battle them by being the best you can be at whatever you're choosing to at the moment... Of course you're mm. going to get all foobard. And now we have all this noise from social There's media. Noise, yeah. So like say, okay, um, right now I'm working on the 30 next 30 days. I'm going to finish my novel manuscript. I started it two years ago. I just, 
I let things round, get in the way. Round of applause for Katie, by the way. She's well, doing awesome. Well, I'm we're trying. Gonna, as soon as she's done, we're definitely plugging her book. Well, it's... You were too nice. That's going to be awesome. But my point is, is that there's always that phone call or that person trying to interrupt you and that uh, oh, yeah. your uncle shows up. And if you let all of that distract you, you're doing that. Well, naturally, that. that's going to be distracting, yeah. You, But you can't blame... But well, you, at you some also point. can't throw 100% of your attention into one thing ever. It's, no, but you, you can block like, out... <laughs> you can block out time to work on what is important. That's you. true. Even if you have toddlers, even if it's like, okay, there's always of, a little bit of time. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, and then also, you know, devoting your attention and your intensity to becoming, I guess, your best you in a sense. I know yeah. that maybe sounds cheesy, but that requires a, a, a little bit of fighting yourself, too, because obviously mm -hmm. any, everybody can relate to this because it's true for every human that's ever existed and ever will. We are our own worst enemy. We are. Like, you could have an actual enemy who is another person, but he's nowhere near as much of an enemy to you as yourself is, trust me. It's because you can manufacture and, and manifest feelings, and then yeah. it's it's really, well, I posted... But much like any enemy, you're going to make much more progress by loving that enemy than than fighting them. And I'll tell you that right now. Giving um, yourself so a pass, yeah. if you are your own worst enemy, then, you know, we all need... This is so cheesy, but we all need to try to more to love ourselves first. Well, I retweeted something this morning, too. If you battle too. with yourself constantly, you're always going to be a victim of yourself. I, I went... I, this was perfect. I retweeted this morning. I went for years not finishing anything because, of course, when you finish something, you can be judged. Mm. All humans... That's beautiful. ...want to be right. That's true. It's... And We're that's, all afraid of judgment from other people, though. There's this, like, written into our... There's a part of our brain that, you know, like, with social interaction, and for some reason, a big part of that is... Like caring what they think or being like judged. I don't know what it is. It's and you have to get to that kind point. of fascinating. I bet there's really smart neuroscience people out there, there psychologists out there that more understand that process, or at least like the mechanics of it. I don't think we'll ever truly understand why it's even that, like for survival reasons. Like, well, psychologically, I wanting guess, to be right is a huge motivator to yeah. our existence, and getting to that point where you balance out. Hey, it feels good oh to be right. Yeah. But at the same time, I know that I need to, to analyze where I'm wrong here. From, from a survival standpoint, because everything really boils down to that, because at the end of the day, we're animals. We are. I believe. Um, so everything we've developed as constructs comes from a, some kind of a survival mechanism. So I'm thinking like the whole social currency thing and ha wanting to be accepted or be right, not only comes from a power hierarchy standpoint, from a long time ago, like, you know, right, the hierarchy of the tribes when we were back in tribe days, you know, whatever. But there's also that element of I need to stay on the same page as the tribe or I'm going to be, like, excommunicated. Well, and that's that victimhood <clears throat> thing that somehow you lose all validity of your entire personhood because someone disagrees with you, and mm -hmm. that's wrong. It's like, no, they just disagree. Even if they call you a name, you know you're not that name. Yeah, but you... we evolved for groupthink for some reason. Oh, I hate groupthink. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was, like, a, an unfortunate evolution into because of just how tribes worked back then or something. Probably. Every, and there was probably somebody in power who decided what we think. Well, they manipulated. The yeah, the chief or the tr head of the tribe or whatever. They were... The, the alpha guy, the smart guy, whatever. Well, um, but it's it's kind of unnecessary nowadays, but it's just uh, unfortunately part of our genetic memory. But there are a lot of things that we need to come together and work on as mm -hmm. a group. Absolutely. And I wish that we could do that without all this infighting and I think squabbling. We will. I, I feel like this is a fad, all this bickering and division and, and woke. But I hate it so much because you'll never have a consensus. I, th I think maybe we'll learn something from it all at least. Maybe I'm being optimistic and probably should be optimistic, but... I prefer um, optimism to I've been, pessimism. I've been pretty pessimism, pessimist lately about it all because really? I, it's exhausting to even be like just to tra keep track of all of these different battles everybody's in all the time about stuff. But 
I'm trying to be optimistic and go, we might learn something from this. Maybe we can eventually evolve past that because we we're still evolving as humans eventually. That's we'll true. come to a point where we're more adapt to our smartphones, hopefully. <laughs> I want us to get to a consensus but, where we can have dis- yeah. arguments, like, and not fighting. I'm talking about arguments, disagreements, debate, where it's not yeah. pretentious. And at the same time, you're not well, taking it as a personal attack. Uh, I think that... I've been thinking about this a lot, and then especially since I listened to the Eric Weinstein episode oh, yeah, of like Joe Eric. Rogan that was on a few days ago, because mm-hmm. um, I swear he's on there like once every couple months now. He seems to be a regular um, contributor. Yeah, and they he brought up a point about like, uh, I don't remember the exact point he made, but the conclusion I came from it, or that I got from it was, uh, I started thinking about all these things, was like, it's kind of an introvert versus extrovert problem anymore. Oh. The introverts are fine just being alone and those are the ones who, those are the people who usually come up with genuine independent thoughts because and they spend time in usually own the intellectuals yeah then the extroverts are the ones who perpetuate groupthink and perpetuate all these little groups to be, because they have to be interacting with other people they're also but the catalyst to, that gets things done to have a group function properly there has to be group think to a degree they all have to be on the same page ideologically and socially i feel like empathy and they, is and they the will ca- die is, to they will they die will. to fucking defend the the group identity but see empathy is the fuel that can drive both groups yeah it's like you can have empathy as an introvert and an extrovert yeah. it's a universal feeling thing construct i I feel like once we learn how to integrate that into our dialogues, Jeez. and it doesn't need to be extrovert versus introvert anymore, mm-hmm. we're going to get somewhere. And I think I'm an optimist. I feel like we can get there. The more we understand I neuroscience, we the more we understand psychology, the more we understand humans in general, and the more that we realize that we don't need to be manipulated by people that are just trying to sell us stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's a big problem right now. They don't. Coca-Cola does not care about you. Hell no. They, they care want about you to profits. buy... A Diet Coke. And that's not a bad thing. But when you combine it with some sort of weird woke ideology and... They're just jumping into the fad. They're like, oh, this ideology is popular, so let's morph into this kind of group think so that more people in that group buy Diet Coke. And everybody else has to feel guilty if they don't buy a Diet Coke. Because Diet Coke supports... perfect It supports the current victim, faddish victim. Exactly. It's the perfect, like, mechanism of marketing. Because if you question it, not only do you question the validity of that person's grievance, but you also question a group or business that is supporting that person's grievance. And so you're a bad person. I hate that so much. And at the end of the day, it's sick because it's all corporate nonsense. Like, you don't need Diet Coke. We don't need it at all. Well, you can make your own stuff. <laughs> like, go brew some herbs in the yard. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too. Go buy Dan. some club soda and uh, put a little bit of, like, like get a fruit infuser and just throw some huckleberries or strawberries Or grab some, or dig some whorehound out of the yard. There's all yeah. sorts of neat, tasty things out there that don't require even a lot of input. Though, I mean, no one's ever going to make cola on the same level as Pepsi and Coke, but... No. Hey. I don't think Pepsi and Coke <laughs> are inherently bad groups. I just They're don't like how they... Sure, they um, one, it's just I the, think the comp- it's, the, it's the corporate structure. That we have devolved to the I point like where it. a person of color is heavy and blames it on white supremacy. I have a problem. Well, they blamed the, the lady who put the gorilla glue in her hair blamed on white, white people supremacy because we don't like the way their hair looks or at one point in time or something. Or people... There's this society... They blamed it on... Okay, it sort of was a mixture of blaming it on societal pressure, but they blamed the societal pressure on white supremacy. Or I'll even, I'm not going to give white people a pass either. White people blaming immigrants for everything being bad. White people, look, it's not even about white versus, but that's what I'm talking about. I hate these little groups people break. That's what I'm talking about. They're doing that on purpose, and and we're letting businesses do that to keep Mm -hmm. us divided to buy their stuff. Yeah. It's like there is an underlying positive thing about all of this stuff. What's that? 
which is like you, you know unity true like human i think we're gonna get we, there we, nobody likes bigotry and i get like we talked about this the last episode we did. but like i get why we want to squander that right it's 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 okay to finally progress past bigotry and i don't think i mean literally we never will oh selena humans are always gonna this. be jerks yeah selena and i were talking about this yesterday it's like it's a great pipe dream, but we're never truly going to get to the point where there's no bigotry. There's a mechanism in our brains that's causing all of this, and it's never going away. It's because of um, human nature. We can mitigate it a little bit, not in, but not in a coercive way like we're doing now with the, with the woke movement. That's just not a good oh, approach, it's in my opinion. It's too toxic. toxic. Yeah. But um, this, the I, I, you know, it's still positive, like the whole idea behind it. But then it's like. They're destroying that positivity by being so aggressive against it. It's like we need to f- just find a new approach. That's all. They're and I'm creating... thinking we will eventually. I think we will too. Because they're, they're going to get exhausted and realize this isn't working and it's causing more problems than it's worth. So hopefully, hopefully, um, well, we just find like, a new approach that's more peaceful. Like, I was like listening Luther to somebody talk about that they, because of their natural hair, the way their hair was, mm-hmm. that they were discriminated against about getting a job. That really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not an ethical thing on any... And so I do understand where this comes from, where the root cause of it is. Yeah, there's still oppressors, they, and there is still, if you want to call them victims. And I'm okay with... Well, and it's not... I guess as... I'm in... What is it? But, an ally? I am an ally. Yeah. When it comes to bad behavior, you got an ally in me. Yeah. I, I think that we should all call out bad behavior. Absolutely. Instead of just going along with it. But the thing is, is we've created this so-called authoritarian power structure that we breed our children into as soon as they go to school. Yeah. You listen to who's in charge of you. Don't That's do, not Don't good. question it's anything. It's not good for humans to Go do along that. with this. And then they learn how to uh, jump around in that hierarchy and yeah. become powerful. And you know what? That's where the bigotry comes from. And I, I've been an introvert my whole life. And so those those kind of societal structures don't... They're not effective on me. No. I go, I this doesn't make everything. sense. I'm just me. And so I've always been kind of unaffected by the societal... You're also a peacemaker, as, a, as am I. Yeah, and I so like you'll conflict. go along with a lot of stuff that you internally I, yeah. will think about, but you won't stand up to. I'm reluctant to, but... I am a very much an introvert. I didn't know it because I grew up with the world's most extra extrovert. Yeah. Um. So I speak extrovert very well. Like I was the new kid every year. I know how to talk to people. I'm comfortable speaking in front of a crowd, but pr- I would prefer to be alone in my bathtub. Me too. That's my happiest place on earth. Like um, th- there's always these tales in prison about the you know going in the hole. I would love it. I would survive just fine. Yeah. I don't care how many weeks it is. It, the, I think the worst part would be not knowing the progression of time because that would just trip you out. Like it always trips you out. I would you like a little piece of it. charcoal so I could write yeah. stories or paint a painting. Like if, but you I get a little bored. But at the same time, like I've I've spent much time alone with oh, my yeah. thoughts, not doing anything, mostly because of the weed. Um, but uh, <laughs> when I there was, <laughs> you know what? If you were but truly... I'm fine with that. So, but I think you know those the people who are only affected by loneliness are. Usually extroverts because they just have to be like Ileana, our stepdaughter. Oh, chips! My stepdaughter. Chips is cool. She is extremely extroverted. She cannot function without human interaction. Not for a couple seconds. She freaks out. Like there's an if there's another human anxiety. in the world, you have to yeah, touch she, it and she, interact with it. If she's alone for even a minute, there's she gets extremely anxious and it causes problems. And so those are the type of people who they have to be in a group, and they always adapt to whatever group think of the group they choose to be in well they're impressionable and yeah. and you have to what you have to do with that though is you have to train like i have i'd say one of my children's more social than the other but they're they're both more on the chill introvert spectrum i guess um but like one of mine holds everything in which introverts are very good at doing and that is also That's dangerous true. and so it's like learning as a parent 
I came uh, from a lot of... It's not always bad to hold everything in as long as you know how to deal with it when it's in there. But they're not doing that. There's not a lot of training for that. That's something you have to do on your own. And if you No come, one's going to train you to do most that. Most of us are going to come from generational psychological dysfunction. Yeah. Because none of this... Okay, was uh, conflict allowed to be resolved in your life? Most Americans, you had to suck it up and be tough. Uh-huh. At least blue collar people. You know, you know, you were admired if you were a tough person that never cried. I, I wish we could figure out that thing in the Matrix where you plug in something to your head and just download things. Because, like, some issues in society come from the fact that when you're born, you know fucking nothing and then have to be trained. And there's not everybody's a good trainer. Not everybody's a good coach or a good parent. So, you know what I was like? statistically, there's quite a lot of them percentage-wise. Uh, and so, you know, then you, you just inherently get bad humans at the end of the at day. The end of the, I would really love something like a Matrix combo with the Pensieve off of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Where you could... Because there's so many things. That I would love to be able to just download thoughts of the day. You know, just pluck them out. And then you can go back <laughs> and read. You could have this huge database. Like yeah. a collective database of all of the things you experienced. And you could just kind of digest them and go through them. What would that mm-hmm. be? Like a codex. It would be a codex of you. Yeah. I think it would be so cool because you could analyze everything. You could be like, okay, why do I feel like everybody's against me? And you could go back and look. And some of it could be your genetics. Some of it could be psychological things that happened to you when you were five. So many variables. And you could just, but then you could work on it. You could work on it with a therapist that would ask you the questions to help you find it. Hell, a therapist could download what's going on in your brain, a snapshot of it, and analyze it more effectively. Because when you're talking to your therapist, there's all these filters you have. And they have to decipher your bullshit from what is actually going on. And And then try to figure out a solution for you based on a very standard set of principles. Therapists are highly highly trained. um, What is it when you decipher codes or they decipher? Yeah. They decipher puzzles. And they have to do it. They have all of their training when it comes, you know, as far as, okay, what do I have to do to break down this person's walls? And then they have to create a roadmap for the person to follow that is tailored to them. Therapists are amazing. It's intense, man. It's an amazing. Therapy's not easy for the therapist and it's definitely not easy for the person in therapy. Yeah. I think, but that's I think, have... uh, but it's, it doesn't help that everybody who has all these emotional filters, especially normally when you're in therapy, there's something that's harmed you. You know, there's there's at least emotions or thoughts going on that are harming you. Normally, based on events that have harmed you, and so you have all these walls and filters that everything gets processed through when it comes to communicating about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mostly you're trying not to be truthful with yourself because it hurts. Well, in adults, but and I mean, so yeah. that's. I just have to give kudos to the therapist who can break through that. There's a lot of these techniques they use, and it's amazing. But imagine if you could just, you know, download that without the filters. Or that would be how amazing. about an AI therapist? That could be possible. Um, it would be a lot less personal. There would be an uncanny valley effect, I think. Well, what I mean by AI therapist is you still... That's the thing about a human therapist that will always beat an AI therapist is it's they're human and they're fallible and you can there's relate an, there's to a them. a huge amount of empathy and sympathy But can you imagine there. if the, the human therapist worked in conjunction with the AI therapist oh, and so yeah. that you had the best of both worlds? Because ultimately at the That'd end of the day, I want people... It's not even about being happy. It's about not being destructive. Mm-hmm. And I mean self-destructive. I think most of the world's ailments come from self-destructive behavior. Yeah. Because think of all the damage that radiates from, say, one person does drugs, but it's not just for that just getting high part. I'm talking about, think of that how it, the coincentric circles of someone who's a drug addict. Let's just talk about that. Okay. Like, how it radiates out and it hurts. Like, say that person has kids. Say that person oh, that's dealing with it. Yeah, it's, it's very this common, huge, Common issue. And it's not just doing drugs. I'm not ragging on people. I'm talking about any the behavior. Human. It's usually the behavior of the person who it happens to be on drugs. Because I feel like any drugs behavior. Never help your mental state, you and I sitting here right now, we're consuming energy. Mm-hmm. We're taking a time away from our families. 
Um, we're doing something that we, well, do you know what I mean? Like everything has a cost and I want, I think people need to talk about how maybe what is the cost worth the effort? Mm. And I always think people should reflect on that. Is this virtuous? I feel the podcast is virtuous because I hope at some point people find it and they're like, Hey, I feel this way too. Let's talk about it. Tell Brady and I what we're doing wrong. What do you like that we're doing? You know, it's a discussion. I think we want a discussion. We we go on our little rants and everything sometimes. And sometimes what we say is just in, in, and it could be inflammatory, nonsense. too. But, I, and we sometimes say things that are definitely inflammatory because I don't give a fuck. But I want <laughs> I people just say to the know, thoughts. They come out of my they come out of my mouth and, hey, you know, I want there people now, to but, know they're not alone. I think yeah, everybody goes thing. through this. Well, that's, I mean, why do you think podcasts are so popular? Because it's humans talking and a lot of people are lonely. So they form these pseudo relationships. I know you're surrounded with the, with by billions of people, but you're lonely. How uh-huh. sad it's, is that? It's intense. Well, I think we've lost this. We've lost the ability to empathize with each other. Not lost the ability necessarily because we all have the potential to, but it's like we've lost, I don't know, it's really hard to pinpoint. Because well, there's it's, anything dealing with humans is so diverse and so... And we've talked about, there's a spiritual crisis in America. Oh, for sure. And, and I'm not talking about this in a woo evangelical way. I mean, no, there's a like, spiritual yeah, like, crisis in America. It's not like God is literally missing from the equation, but, but it's like... Nobody's seeking it out. Three quarters of America up until 1999 went to some sort of house of worship every week. And that's dropped to below half. People are seeking meaning and spirituality. And humans, I don't, even if you're an atheist, you still have some sort of, you need that meditation time, that spiritual time. Yeah. You have it in some way, I can guarantee it. And without it, you're just adrift. Yeah. I, I don't like the word spiritual because of all of its well, stigma. Well, it you know what I mean, though. It's I, I, just, I know exactly what you mean, but it's like the, the connotation um, there needs of to it. be a new word for it anymore. What would it be? Because metaphysical is too culty sounding. Yeah, there's a stigma to spirituality now because you're either like a hardcore Christian. Or you're woo. Or there's woo, like all the crystals and Has and it been incense. ruined by humans, the word? Uh, everything is ruined by humans. Come on. Well, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a fatalist way. I mean literally. What, what word could... <laughs> accurately describe I'm I don't know about... that's the thing it's like there's something there's something more to it than spirit because it's it's elemental like, spirit is such an intangible thing it really is like it exists whatever there's a lot of different definitions but our too, consciousness but is a big so, deal it's so intangible that there just needs to be better language for it but there our consciousness is being neglected by this mm-hmm. I, I feel like people are searching for me look at the rise in um spiritualism let's use that yeah. or uh, the paranormal yeah uh, even but the I, crime thing i like, think there's a there's a degree of unhealthiness to all of that because of just the un there's so much that we don't know and so they're grasping so we out. impute our own ideas of things and it's usually like uh, uh, perpetuated ideas from the past. Um, nobody's really offering many new ideas to solve the spiritual problem. And maybe we want that dopamine drip of new things all the and, time. And yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm just thinking, like, I, I think there's a there's a, a bit of danger to the normal ideas of spiritualism, whether they help or not. It's just like so many people just have to. It's that faith aspect. Like, I have to believe this, even if it's not true. But it's like we got to figure out some truth. Well, people need more truth, I think, to it. I feel like there's well. certain things you can grasp. Okay, like the golden rule: treat others as you wish to be treated. Yeah, that's that 100% is hundred percent true. <laughs> you could just live your whole life by that, and life would be pretty good. It's hard, though. Yeah, it really is. It's definitely when work. someone's mean to you, the last mm-hmm. thing you want to do is treat them like you would like to be treated. It's like, well, that jerk treated me like crap. Mm-hmm. I'd like to throw poop on his. And car. there's a bit of the whole like nobody. So there's a lot of people who don't deserve it either. Yeah, but who gets to decide who's deserving? But that's where grace comes. I mean, everybody needs to practice grace to a degree. When you're nice to someone that's mean to you, it's not even about being nice to them. It's about what it does for you. That's true. 
Um, because someone There's was really mean to me it. this last There's week. Nothing wrong with it. Like really mean to me. I'm not gonna go into it, but just heartbreakingly so. Oh, and no. I had to go through, like you know that parabola we talked about, where you go through that valley of the trough of the negative trough of the wave because life's yeah. not about feeling good all the time. I'm trying to to lessen the depth of that sucker. When I go through something bad, I want to go through all my training in my mind and be like, okay, Katie. She's referring to her um, thoughts of murdering me because I talk shit about iPhones. No. Just so you know. Uh, that's true. How dare you? How dare you? Don't know what to do. I Greta Thunberg. I'm going to Greta Thunberg. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. (laughs) How dare you? That's my point, though, is instead of me letting go of what that person did to me, and it was incredibly unjust. It shouldn't have. In fact, it was done to me twice this week by people I love. Oops. And instead of hating them and being mad at them and wasting my precious time on this planet in this awareness of being just miserable, and let me tell you, I've gone through the misery trough. Uh. I lessened the duration of it. And you know what, guys? It feels pretty awesome. Like, just love those people where they're at. You know what? they How they treat you is not a reflection on who you are. Exactly. And that is what the doing unto others as others do unto you thing, you know, this, is about. This is why I love the story of Jesus. Like, whether or not... I don't, I don't personally believe it was ever an actual man. There was never any actual magic woo-woo miracles and all this stuff. But the story is a... It's, it's such a wonderful allegory, whether you believe it or not. Um... Just look at the just the inherent story behind it, okay? Because somebody did write it. That's definitely true. Whether it actually happened historically or not, I don't know. I'll admit that all day. I don't know, but I don't think that's likely. But anyway, I digress. Um, but there's a the story of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's that's the the entire overarching point behind the story of Jesus is to forgive each other, whether we deserve it or not. But no one deserves it's the re- forgiveness. It's the release of that hatred. It's the release of the animosity, of the angst, of the negative feelings you have for someone, no matter what they did to you. It's the truest form of love. Just forgiveness. And you, you also have to forgive yourself for a lot of things, too. Because, again, you're your own worst enemy. And if you can practice that on yourself, you can easily forgive everybody else. But that's one of, that's one of the biggest lessons I took from when I did go to church is, like, uh, it's so healthy to just forgive. You could be... You're always going to have emotions in the moment about things, but they're going to pass. And then you can just go. And don't be. Okay, that happened. It's over. I'm not currently experiencing this. Maybe you are, but you can eventually you won't be. And then you can go, you know, it's not worth holding on to that anger. Well, my personal mantra that helps me get through this is during the day when I want to cry or I'm upset. And I never do this externally, but inside I'm in turmoil a lot when people hurt me and I don't understand why and they won't talk to me about it and Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. I just tell myself, get over it, Katie. And I'll just tell myself that I repeat it a lot because, you know, get over it because it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know, if my problem is I have a propensity for self-examination. If I had done this different, if I call this person with this words, if I do this, because when you care about someone, you don't want them to be. But that's how we learn and grow, though. We analyze something that happened and we go, okay, what could be done differently next time? Or does it need to be done differently next time? What what was the result of what happened? But sometimes it can be obsessive and unhealthy. I think a lot of people ignore that reflection, though, too. Oh, I'm over the top other Particularly the extroverts as well. They don't like self-reflection. That's da- why they externalize everything to with other people and they just, you know, they go just, with the flow. I have the danger of too much self-introspection so to the point that it paralyzes me from doing anything else. Yeah. And so, and or I spend a state, I'm in a state of despair. You gotta, you gotta use that anxiety too. I, I've always looked at anxiety as a tool. Well, and it's not a... And it's un- it's very uncomfortable. Nobody likes anxiety. But it's you un- should identify it, work through it, move but on. But you should know when you're experiencing anxiety and go, hmm. There's something wrong. It's a dash light. It's a dashboard light on your car. There's something wrong. Let's fucking fix it. 
You know what? You just but get you it because you're... But you have to internalize. You have to self You shouldn't have ranted at me about uh, the iPhone. I know. You I sh- really shouldn't have. You shouldn't. I forgive I, you, though. I, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like the company. That's all. I don't like a lot of companies, and I still have products. The products themselves, hey, they function great. They're whatever. They're really expensive, and I don't like the company. But we don't need to. We don't need to go down that road right now. Well, it's Um, it's Easter. You're supposed to have an attitude of grace. Damn it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, and I think I can forgive a little bit to to Apple, but there's a lot of things they do that are also just not forgivable. I don't like pandering, and it's like like, when they pander, yet they use slave labor from China. They use a company where people they have to put nets around the building because people are literally jumping out of the building, killing themselves. That's a little traumatizing. Like they, they don't care. They just use. Do you ever just, just like, think, hey, this is cheaper, and we'll just forget that's happening f- to save money because there's no other option. Do you? Yeah. But do their ever, phones don't have to be a thousand dollars, so they realistically could use better companies. Do you ever just think about, about the things that you use on a daily basis <laughs> that have caused harm to others? I'm sh- yeah, was, we, we did that whole episode. We the, did the invisible cost of the, cell division. That's Very good. true. One of our most popular episodes. I do actually. like that. Well, probably because of the title. <laughs> the title is amazing. <laughs> I, um, but then on the flip side, I wear the same clothes for 15 years. So yeah, it's like yeah. I try to balance the equation as much as I can. It's a big equation. It's though. a huge equation. And I, I hate it when people are pompous about it. I don't like that there is any kind of things going on in the world like that. Like child labor, slave labor, people get paid two cents an hour. Oh. All of the tyrannical practices of China. But do I throw myself in front of a car like at the altar of, I need to martyr myself because things are yeah. bad? Or do I just keep working and trying to make it better? I mean, you could do either. That's the beauty of being a human. That is true. <laughs> it's know, hard to make the decision. Do what I c- commit capitalist ritualistic of... suicide for my to atone for other people's yeah. sins? Because like you I've never intentionally your, exploited the... anybody that I know of. Exactly. Well, you have to weigh your own personal costs too. That's the thing. It's 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 tough, guys. Well, and I feel but like every, the whole, again everything costs something. The whole concept of karma is beautiful. Like I do That's know, true, yeah. I spend a lot of time not to make myself look good because I hate it when people. Okay, like this is something that bugs me, that you have to uh, write down and itemize what you charitably give to get a discount of taxes. And I don't blame people for doing this because I think it's a good. You know, no one should have to pay taxes really. I, I, that's a whole different argument. But anyways, what I'm talking about is that it makes it feel like less to me that you are getting some sort of benefit from doing good. The benefit was doing good to begin with. Okay, mm-hmm. and so. While I understand why they're doing it, it just seems to lessen me that you're doing something just so that you can get a discount. Hmm. Like, it's a very American thing. It's like the dis... There should... I don't know. There's something about it that bugs me a lot. Because shouldn't you just do stuff? Like, I don't talk about the charity You're I talking do. about al- altruism. Like, true yeah, altruism. altruism. Just do something for the sake of it being good. Don't talk about it to it other people. Whether it costs you anything or not. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you're not... Like, don't talk about it to other people because then that becomes about you, not the altruism yeah. itself. Now, there's no shame in reaping some kind of self-benefit from doing good acts. That's, yeah. But that's not what the the reason behind doing something good should be. It should never be for self-gratification. It should be for the, just because externally it's good. Well, yeah, like, um, go walking some puppies at the thing yeah. and then saying I, on Instagram, look at me with the puppy. I, you know? I can whip myself all day for the fact that I really don't go out of my way too much to do necessarily good for externally you also take really care of children of, though that's true you could just leave them on I, the I roadside i can make excuses all day i really don't do a lot to just like better the world around me i don't but i also don't necessarily go out of my way to do harm either so so maybe you're just a, i don't i'm a neutral, neutral. You're neutral chaotic I neutral know. no <laughs> um I, I, it's so easy to sit here and say that we all need to go out and do good and i don't want to put feed that on the homeless anybody. And, and solve world hunger and all this stuff but it's like 
Um, not everyone, you know, we're not. That's why I hate woke culture. I don't want anybody to do anything because they feel coerced to do it. I want them to do it because they want to do it. Yeah, there's plenty of people out there that do that kind of stuff. Like, if you see some hungry people and you feel moved to go feed them, that's Mm -hmm. amazing. If you see hungry people and somebody on Facebook said, you better go feed them or you're a bad person and you do it Mm -hmm. out of guilt, that's not a good motivation. That's true. I hate coercion. I think I hate coercion more than anything because it's not genuine. Like, asking God for forgiveness because you might get in trouble, because I really believed that when I was little. That was the terrible motivation. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, I wasn't really sorry. I was just being like trying to play the system. Uh, something I've been teaching my daughters is the actual, I think we've talked about this before, but the true definition of what it means to be sorry, to seek forgiveness, means there's also like a, there's a responsibility of repentance to that. You can't just say, oh, I'm sorry, because I know for a fact they say I'm sorry. Just to, because that's what I want to hear and it'll move on. Well, that's what humans learn at an early age, yeah. yeah. That's not what it means to be sorry, just saying it and then let's move on. It means, hey, I, it's an admittance that I've done something wrong and I've harmed you in some way, shape or form or someone else. And I don't want that to happen anymore. I'm going to try my best to change and not do that again because of the harm. And it's like, it's a very powerful thing really yeah it's not just because my authority figure demands tribute exactly so even seeking forgiveness if you believe in god and you're seeking forgiveness from even god there's a responsibility of repentance to it it's not just you just you can't just keep doing it but you say you're sorry and that automatically forgives you no it's you have to also admit hey i'm a piece of shit or whatever in this moment i I I behaved like a piece of shit that's the whole powerful thing behind it is it's the admittance i've made a mistake and I don't and think I people... Don't, and, and then the admittance that you recognize that this mistake, you've internalized and thought about that mistake. You've, you um, you've realized You've realized and thought about the cost of that mistake to you or, or, or other people. And that you, yeah, the regret, the remorse, there's a lot of different when's, emotions behind what it truly means to be sorry. And a lot of people really aren't truly when's sorry. When's the things. last time a politician or celebrity came out before they got caught and mm-hmm. said, you know what, I've been behaving badly. They never come out. And, and I'm that, sorry. No. I don't believe people's expressions of regret just because they were caught yeah i in fact i quit um i quit asking god for forgiveness when i was young i went through this weird existential existential crisis i refuse to apologize for stuff anymore unless i'm truly sorry about it right because then you're lying and that's just as bad yeah as being bad and, to begin with not even just lying to god it's you're just as to bad to lie to yourself exactly yeah well and i was i was it's, lying to myself i was manipulating a system so that no one would ever be mad at me. That's gross. It's, it's extremely important Yeah. to be truthful with yourself before you're ever truthful with anybody else or anything else. And have grace with yourself. The, again, everything, you know, hey, you know what? Nobody else is living in your body. Nobody else is occupying your skull like you are. It's very important to be good to yourself, to love yourself, to forgive yourself, to be truthful to yourself. Well, and I think people need to hear this too, Brady, not to interrupt you, but you are not a bad person ever. You are just a mm-hmm. person who behaves badly at yeah. times. And all of us, I don't care who you are, even if you've even killed Mussolini. someone, you, you still, somewhere in there is a person who is capable of good. Mm-hmm. They just got too caught up in their own mythos. Exactly. Same with like all the, dic- the all horrible the dictators who've committed genocide. <sighs> yes, their behaviors were atrocious and oh, there's no forgiving. I mean, there's not really any true forgiveness for that. You have to pay for what you there's do. There's a lot of costs there that you you could never repay. But at the end of the day, they're humans and they were just led astray. They've got these extremely poison ideas in their mind. They also had this like hunger for power because they were most likely psychopathic, which is a mental illness that was just never addressed. And so... And then other people gave them power. Yeah. 
Other people gave... Other okay, people none gave of power. those dictators would have gotten anywhere if other people didn't adhere to groupthink. Yeah. That's what scares me about now. But those same people probably gave flowers to their mom, probably had things they generally Hugged loved and nana. cared about. They probably loved some people and cared about some people, but their ideas poisoned them and they committed extremely horrible behavior. I'm not going to forgive the behavior, but as a, uh, you know, you can still love people with their doing that kind and of thing. And I don't care who you are. If you're giving too much universal. power, I think you could be just as evil. It, it, that's the whole thing behind that, yeah. Look but, at every Roman I, emperor for the most I, part. I shouldn't use people in power necessarily as... I'm not talking because, about like leaders of other humans. I mean, right. any kind of power. I know right. a lot no, of you're monsters. Right. Even people who are in, in charge of something completely arbitrary are usually... I know a lot of family dictators far. that yeah, because family. they were given too much power... And mm-hmm. nobody ever challenged it. They're monsters. Exactly. And and they're hurtful monsters, but they're still people. Talking about Karens? Well, yeah, Karen. Think about <laughs> it. I, I know some women that because they were too overlordy without ever being challenged, they were put in a position they shouldn't have been put in. Mm-hmm. And they're just monsters to be around. But in the inside, there's just a hurt person in there that was put in a position that they should have never been put in. As a child or, you know what I mean? There's always a level of abuse to people that manifest in the worst kind of monsters. That's for sure. And it takes a big person to break through that and sometimes big situations. Like some of these people I know, they go through the worst stuff and then they rail against, why do I go through all this? But they're creating the scenarios to keep going. Some stuff you have no choice. Like sometimes if people die, cars crash, some of that you don't have a choice. But some stuff you do have a choice and you keep making situations that manifest in those negative you know, and true. it perpetuates the mythos you created about yourself. It, negativity sometimes can be like a virus. Mm. It wants to keep replicating itself. And it wants to suck other people into it. Misery loves company. There's a reason there's that saying. Because um, when you're obviously in misery, you want other people to be there with you so you don't feel alone in it. Instead of fixing yourself to be outside in the positive world and be in a group that way, for some reason it's easy just to pull everybody like a black hole. Well, yeah, I want to be... It becomes a gravity well a gravity for some well. reason. I want to be uncomfortable because I'm learning and challenging mm-hmm. myself, not because I'm acting like a moron that refuses to learn. Right. You know, and I think that's a lot of it. You know, in America, it's so easy to just, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And you're pulling at all these strings so that you're this moral, just, righteous person mm. that's buying the right food at Whole Foods <laughs> versus, you know, actually making yourself uncomfortable. It's like, hey, I shouldn't mm. have yelled at that kid who was just trying to do their job. Yeah. Just because they inconvenienced me. And after all, you know, those people eventually do think about that and admit that to themselves. And hopefully they can forgive themselves and change. Well, I'm friends with a lot of dominant but personalities. some people, I mean, that can't I'm trying to think of an example. Of, uh, I'm trying to admit an example that I've... Well, let's think about one we did in our own lives. I've, I've, probably, I've probably hurt a lot of people. We all have at least once or twice hurt somebody. I've hurt people... Even if unintentionally, maybe some most of the time intentionally. I've hurt people because I was too accommodating to them, and so it made them mm. uncomfortable. Because, you know, most people are used to other people being inherently selfish. Does yeah. that make sense? And so... Yeah, that's true. I've, I, I've hurt people out of selfishness in the past. Well, I have... Uh, who hasn't? Exactly. I, I've done... And then I've also hurt people establishing boundaries. Where I was too accommodating to them before, but I saw that that was unhealthy for both me and them. Hmm. And so in order to do it, I might have been a little so, overly harsh so in like establishing the boundaries. It, enable them? Well, I'm an enabler for people I love. I already mm-hmm. know. Because I don't mind being uncomfortable for other people. Right. I just don't. And so that it's a flaw. like your personality. It's type, a yeah. huge flaw to me. Flaw. Yeah. But it can also be in a superpower. It's just you have to learn to balance it. And in the process of balancing it, I might have been a little overly harsh establishing the boundaries. But I had to do that. You know how you have to sometimes just really smack yourself mm-hmm. in order to get the process going? And then you get better at it as you practice it. In the process, you hurt people. 
Yeah. I, and I don't yeah. want to. It's a, a bit of a wake of destruction to self-growth sometimes, isn't there? There is. <laughs> but that should not you gotta stop you got to crack a few doing. eggs to make an omelet, right? And and who hasn't been selfish? We're all inherently selfish. We are. Because we are we are we. We are us, right? Yeah. We, I am me. And I'm me. At the end of the day, that's what I have to worry about as far as surviving in this fucking world. Is I'm, I'm a bad person. I have to survive, and sometimes I hurt people to do well, that, even if it's unintentionally. I know but again, it's it's really where the growth comes in. It's, it's later down the road when you recognize that you have hurt someone. How do you deal with that? And that's, that's where the, the growth part. comes from. Yeah. You're right. And it's like, I know and I'm a bad not... person because I have an iPhone. Yeah. But I, it's... <laughs> well, even, even... No, I'm not saying anyone's a bad person because they have an iPhone. Oh, I don't know. I'm just know. saying that I don't like iPhones. Well, personally but there's and reasons what's funny for that, is i don't dislike <laughs> like i hate i've I never understood to digress but i've never understood like anybody hating anyone because they have a certain product right i don't hate i don't think negatively of anybody who has an iphone i like all i feel videos. sorry for them because they have an iphone that's all oh you have sympathy for me <laughs> yeah, exactly I don't I'm even sorry have that you are dealing with an Apple product. I I feel bad for you. Okay, but no, they're I mean I like in, in some iPhone. ways superior. Um, I <laughs> I could have this conversation all day because it's a, it's literally a pointless argument. I also like Android phones. It's a good phone. And it's a good product. I just don't like the company. That's all. And I like PCs. I don't like the I don't like the whole I'm better than you because I have an iPhone type of mentality that a lot of people do have though the whole boys club thing. That's why I drop mine occasionally like in the hay barn so they get some <laughs> hay on it because I figure it's the yeah. only iPhone on the yeah. planet that has a little but cow manure on it. As far as a phone, hey. It, functions as a smartphone and there's nothing wrong with having that it works for i just you. don't like the people who hold it over everybody's head i have an iphone i'm special oh i think that's ridiculous that's there's also facebook pe- groups dedicated to this people also they do that with consoles than, cars yeah. oh everything yeah. yeah no it's i just don't like the whole brand superiority i bullshit. don't like it either. but like me i it's like just all the, it's the same mindset as, as 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 race superiority which doesn't really even exist it's just a thing but why do humans do that it, well once but again you, i want to at the you, end of the day I've humans want to hear too much. <laughs> i am right no it's the i am yeah. right thing it's the want to feel better than other you know how do we digress to this again because what were I we think, talking about? Oh, yeah, never mind. Sorry. We were. I think a large part of it is right now in America, I won't speak for other countries, there's way too much focus on being the most special person that ever existed. You already yeah. are. You don't have to show it with all your mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, guess what? Everybody is the most special because everybody is a different person. Nobody's occupying the same body. Well, I mean, there's probably some weird mutation of some sort where maybe you have multiple personalities because there's literally two consciousnesses in your brain maybe. I don't know. I'm speculating here. I, that might be a thing for I all might I have know, to write that story. Say. That sounds like it could be fun. I don't want to be, uh, you know, You're talking exclusive. Jekyll and Hyde here. Yeah, I mean, that could be a thing. For all but I for know. the general part, no but one is ever going to yeah. exist that's like you yeah, ever no, in the history of ever. Everyone's a different person. I, we've talked about this. I've, at least I've brought it up before. Is like uh, you can be twins, right? You're born from the same mother mm-hmm. at the same exact time. Still different experiences. However, you will have... Even if it's one molecule away from the other, you're gonna have a different perspective. Yep. You're gonna have a. You're gonna see different things from a different angle. So no matter what, you're getting different data. And even if our brains work identically, the different data will turn you into a completely unique person. Even if uh, it's such a small amount of data. Rich people that have cloned their pe- pets mm-hmm. have found this out the hard way. It yeah. is not the same pet. Yeah, exactly. It may be the same husk. That's why it's not when the we same had pet. when we had that conversation about cloning. Yeah, it's not I the think same we pet. Did. Maybe I'm. I, sometimes I think I imagine we've had conversations. I don't know if we've had them, that but I'm pretty like sure we've also problem. talked about the cloning. <laughs> where, um, oh no, you know what it was is when we were talking about when you download consciousness into. Oh yeah. If you make a copy of that consciousness, I think there's books and movies about this. It's not Neil you. You're not going to live on in that robot body, but your copied 
consciousness is. And then it's going to become a different thing based on the new data it's going to get after you're dead. Because experiences it's not you anymore. are in you're you're never are, gonna, experiences are unique. Yeah, you're You'll never, never going to transfer. I don't think we're ever going to transfer our own consciousness into a unvulnerable body. So why are we trying to hold all that over people to make them feel less about themselves and us better about ourselves? I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't know. Like, I get excited when I get something new. Here's, I'm going to get a new fridge Tuesday after having the same one for yeah. 15 years. You're I'm so kind much, of excited about so the fridge. You're so better than everybody else I am fridge. more superior because I have my one you person or fridge. fridge superiority? I have fridge superiority. Is that superior. a title? I think title? that's the title. Fridge superiority. Fridge superiority. I knew we'd get to one. <laughs> I have fridge superiority. My one person or wife. I've got fridge. a Samsung fridge. It's no, so it's much a, better than you LG. Frigidaires. You Frigidaires. You have that. Hot point fridge. I can't even talk to you. And my fridge has an iPad built into the door so I can watch Rachel Ray on YouTube. Oh, God. I, like I think I just vomited. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hey, hate... that's a good product, though. What, fridge Having superiority? Having a fucking fridge with an iPhone in it. That's pretty cool. You can watch YouTube while you fucking no. get your goddamn cool. Well, I see. All I see when I see that is more know. money I have to spend because it's, it's more stuff to break. Much. Yeah, that's just stuff. And yet, I'm a futurist. I love gadgetry. I, do, I, do I think it's I really cool, gadgets. but I don't need it to exist in a good, happy life. Right. Like, but it's cool. There's it's an inherent coolness cool. behind gadgets. We're we all like, love gadgets. We're all that yeah. ape with a stick at the anthill. What yeah. happens if I poke this? Um, imagine the temptation of like the Amish people and like the Ted Kaczynskis of the world. Oh. Where I'm, sh they will audibly denounce technology. Mm -hmm. However, there's probably a degree of temptation in the back of their head just scratching at them all day. Man, it would really be nice to have a fucking tractor instead of a goddamn hand hoe. Or hand wringing your laundry. Yeah, like, there's nothing... I don't think there's personally anything wrong with, like, having a dryer. I think they think about the human cost of that, though. Well, I and think also, that's their problem with technology, is, like, the whole, like, consumerist society. I think that's what they're against, not the technology itself. But to have that technology, we've had to create a consumerist society where there is, like, slaves and stuff. So. And there's something to be said about a simple, frugal life. Yeah. Where you can derive... There's nothing wrong with a frugal life either. But at the same time, they have their problems just like we have our problems. Yeah, problems so their are problems, not unique to anybody. Their problems are very human problems, and they'll, we'll never get over those human problems. Mm -mm. They might have a little less distraction and noise... And probably, you know, have just more time to deal with those things. But also maybe not because they do so much work that they have to, like, externalize everything into their work and don't have time to internalize. I don't know what I don't it's feel like, like the Amish there. will ever be well, stricken with the keeping up with the Joneses thing. Yeah, And so won't. there's one nice... And I feel like that's the entire point of our podcast, in a way, is if you work on developing yourself, and if everybody focused more on that instead of what other people are doing and what things they could buy, that maybe we'd all yeah. get a little bit better overall. Um... I think that's true. I do want to digress just a Go little bit Go ahead and digress. Here, I like digress. that's what we're good at. Yeah, that's um, what we do. Speaking of stuff to buy, oh. I'm going to plug it a little bit because... Oh, yes. Tell so, me about this. Uh, uh, you became a full yuppie this, so this week. Yesterday, you asked me about that amazing amplifier. Yes, I'm going to get that um, for my birthday present. It's, it's a guitar amplifier because we're both kind of into guitar. Me, me, obviously, more than her. Yeah, Brady is she, going to... She tickles the fancy of guitar. Um, I never fully embraced it because I have a problem doing things that I would like to do. It's a very huge time sucker, too, so be careful if you ever like, but I'm really old dive into now. it. Because, and my children are almost uh, grown. That's the thing about music. It just takes so much time. But the new amp comes with headphones, create, but the, this and amplifier. I can sit on the porch and play. It's, uh, it's by this company called Positive Grid, who's very likely owned by some kind of parent corporation. Who knows? But Positive Grid, it's called Spark. It's like 250 bucks, and it's 
a modeling amplifier. It's thousands and thousands of different combinations of amps and pedals and effects and sounds, and they model different speakers. And so you really can create a very unique tone that is, you know, to your own liking. It's like lots this of is products a big in thing one. Lately. Like yeah. there's a lot of elitists who like the old technology of the transistor tubes and they swear up and down it sounds better objectively it's the same isn't that just showing your feathers the solid off? the solid state amplifier i'm sorry i'm going into guitar lingo to all you listeners who don't care but it, i um, care i'm talking about the elitism here because but they used to use these vacuum tube transistors in the amplifiers because that's what they had at the time then they created the uh the solid state transistor which really drove a lot of the technology we use today and they started using those objectively they're better in every single way than the vacuum tube transistors. But there's these elitists that swear up and down. It creates a different, a better sound. When it, Really all it does is actually impute more fucking noise into the signal that's okay. unnecessary to be there. The solid state transistors are just pure, you know, the signal's more pure. My point behind this is... Um, the amp is cool. Lately, uh, the... That elitism is kind of dying off. There's still your hardcore like tube amplifier fans and everything, and they sound good. Don't get me wrong. Well, they're really like expensive the lo- and heavy. Isn't that like the annoying. lo-fi people that like cassette tapes? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You're gonna it's kind of a hipster thing. They're but, the Amish like, of the music world. The the technology of uh, yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's kind of true. Okay. Um, but the technology of instrumentation amplification, I like okay. that word, um, has really come very far lately with digital modeling, because now they they use a mixture of MIDI sampling which is synthetic sound you're literally creating sound with computer signals instead of with actual like you know vibrating objects okay so um they can now synthesize any sound available so they mix that in with an actual guitar signal of something actually vibrating it's a hybrid of digital and analog you're blowing you're blowing that's what these modeling amps do is they you know they model the sound of an of an analog amplifier with synthesization which because of computing power nowadays you could buy like a what a sixty-four bit some kind of little sixty-four bit computer for very very cheap or like a, a, tr- a processor. Yeah, and that's what these do. Um, the more processing power you have, the more sound waves you can cram into one single second of time. So you can do cool. And that's things. how you can model different sounds. That's why the deep fakes are so good nowadays. Because mm. now they can cram a hell of a lot more different sound waves into one second of time to create the uh, exact same sound of someone's voice. Because that's all it is. It's just different vibrations, different sound waves happening at the same time, crashing into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, these modeling amplifiers are so fucking amazing. Uh, and I want one. But oh. uh, I'm talking about this because Eric Weinstein on the Joe Rogan episode, I listened to that last night after you asked me about that. And he was plugging the goddamn amp too. <gasps> really? So I got really excited about that. And I wanted to talk to Katie about that. So. Well, I was supposed <laughs> to go to Paris for my special birthday this year with my daughter, right? And yeah. then because of the Rona, all that got canceled. Rona. So they refunded my money. And my grandparents got me this amazing guitar, which Brady helped me fix. Because I didn't know anything about it. I, I played yeah. it some when I was younger. But then I had kids in life. And like you said, music requires a lot of time input. But I've it's always so, wanted to, so there's bad. a couple things in life that I always wanted to do. One was to learn some sort of martial art, and the other was, I love music. I learned to play by mm-hmm. ear when I was a kid. I actually really do like it. And I'm like, why am I not doing this? Why am I not? That's part of my whole, do the things that matter to you. Why am I allowing, some stuff, yeah. some of your time has to be taken by your responsibilities. 
But so I'm going to take That's my birthday true. money today and I'm going to buy the ant. Hell yeah, good for you. Well, because I'm it's excited just for there. it because it's a good ant. I can't wait to get my own. I thought I would just go ahead and get I'm, all the other stuff. I'm too. one of those people. I'm a poor plebe who uh, it's hard to just sacrifice $250 for something I want. So well, this is I'm not a sacrifice. It. it was money that was given back to me that I had already <laughs> saved. If, so if everybody was... wants to make me very happy, we have a, a uh, buy me a coffee yeah. website now where you can donate a little bit of money to keep the podcast going and. I'm going to selfishly take some of that money and buy an amp with it. There so you send go. send us money, please, so I can buy a modeling amp. No, I'm just joking. Well, because then Brady um, and I can shred. We can make our own music for the intros. Um, that's kind of my... That's what I really want to do, is yeah, like, start making our own music for the intros. This is why I'm getting my amp before you, is I have yeah. a lot more practice. Brady is already, <laughs> like, a super... Long way to go. Yeah. I have a long way to go. Like, no. I'm not even remotely that good. But no, I, Brady's I'm pretty awesome. He's, I'm, a, I'm a hobbyist connoisseur. You know what's cool is I don't care about being good according to society standards. I just yeah, want to play music. Exactly. So the very first thing, I, I'm teaching my daughter piano. I'm not that good at piano, but I know enough music theory and enough to teach her piano uh, to a degree to where then she's ready for real lessons. So I can get her to a certain point. You just teach, but yeah. But the very first thing I taught her, and this is universal to all of us, and we is... We, the, the, the language we speak, the words that come out of our mouth, our body language, all that, those are words of the mind. Mm. That's where it comes from. And music is the language of the heart. Everybody understands music. You can make a, you can make a melody that will, it'll be a little bit different between everybody, but essentially will trigger the same emotions in almost everybody. Except for the four poor folks with amusia. Yeah, And there, there will and give I, you I a hug. So bad yeah, that Because the feel, I know what you're talking about, that feeling yeah. that a, a progression of notes makes you feel is mm-hmm. amazing as a human. Um, it's the language of the heart. Mm-hmm. The language of the soul comes out in music. There's no words that need to be spoken. I personally don't like lyrics in songs. I really don't as much. They don't speak to me very much. Hip-hop is different because that's literally a lyric-centric music. I like that. It's poetry. But um, most other forms of music itself, um, I just don't personally like lyrics. I just, a well, lot of them are genuine. T- they're just there because they're there. You and I have talked that my favorite metal is metal without words. Yeah, me too. I actually love the music more than I, I do the I, words. I, I get I, the words. I connect so well with the language of the soul of music. And it's a beautiful thing that humans have, I don't even say created, that, that humans do. It's an expression. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a, just like it's a beautiful art. way to it's, express things. It's like painting, wordsmithing. Uh, but with this this amp, that's why I wanted to plug this. Oh, with okay. this amp, you can now create your own unique voice so easily without so much money. And all these before gadgets. Before it was a, there was a huge there was a huge price wall or huge paywall between yeah. you and your diverse expression of music. Well, and you had to have all this gadgetry. Now it's 250 bucks is not that much. That's really have, cool. You have unlimited, and you can share your personal voicing of the instrument as well. That's the other cool thing about this amp is it's you download the patches, you download the different um, signal chains, basically, to, for the guitar. So you can sound just like anybody else. If you found a sound somebody else likes, you can download their settings, basically, and tweak it to your own. I think that's it's one of amazing. the great challenges of art is getting what's in here inside you out mm-hmm. in the way that you hear it inside you. I have that trouble because I'm writing a lot. Like right now I'm averaging about uh, two to 3,000 words a day. I'm really yeah. working hard. I'm tired a lot. But it's different writing. I never quite feel I'm getting on to the screen what I feel inside. And that's part of the I, process. Does, uh, do you? I do think about this. Uh, does every artist experience that uh, That's what I was talking about. My husband's a blacksmith. Yeah. He never gets it exactly, but that should yeah. never stop you from doing it because eventually you're going to have that opus day where everything's just clicking. Bob Bob Ross put this perfectly. We've I been watching him. a lot of Bob Ross Love lately. Bob. Um, Love him. One of the episodes he was saying that you're never done 
painting. You're always going to be like, if you ever come make a painting that you think is perfect, then you're done painting. You can stop there and you're done. Because you've done it. You've, achie- and, you've achieved and you, it. And you'll never get there. But he's like, you basically will never get there. And that's why I'm going to bug you a lot. And that's the same with every art, I think. When like, the You'll never comes. ever truly 100% replicate exactly what you're trying to express perfectly. But if that's stopping you from learning guitar, if that's stopping you from painting, mm-hmm. if that's stopping you from writing, then oh, that don't should be your let drive. it. it should that be should be your drive to just keep going until you get close enough. But there's not enough time in the world to ever get to that perf- that perfection point. You could be the most virtuosic artist in the world of whatever you're doing, and you're never really going to be. It's never going to be as perfect as it is in your mind. What you're trying to pr- to project, right? To express. That should be your drive to just keep doing it until you get and close enough. And that shouldn't stop you from re- realizing yeah. that others might enjoy what you think is crap. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they might. But like I, I think this ties into directly with our kind of therapy theme of the whole podcast. Is like yes, art is also a therapy in a way. You can express yourself a lot differently through any kind of art form than you can with just talking or with just thinking. And if you've worked on your mental health, it doesn't matter if somebody says it sucks. And it's a good way to purge those feelings. Like, why do you think people wrote the blues or any kind of sad songs? Oh, I love minor Those feelings are inside of you and you need to get them. I think you need to get them out. And, you know, not everybody wants to hear the direct, literal what's going on so you can just express those through any kind of art and a lot of it's music but back when i was you a can teenager, draw a sad painting you can write a sad story you can write a poem there's a lot of ways yeah. to finally purge that because then when it's externalized you can look back at it a different from a different perspective too you can process it differently than when it's stuck in your brain when it's stuck in your brain yeah. well and it's like back when i was a teenager in grunge land i i love minor keys when you're sad there's something glorious about the minor scale isn't there it's just expressionism and i'm also going to be bothering you a lot because i have a problem when i get over well with the amp and music yeah i get i see where i want to be but then you become overwhelmed by where do you start and that's just Mm -hmm. the point you just gotta start and you know what just practice a scale you know what just back and forth that's that's a lesson every successful person if they write a book about how to be successful, you'll find this in every self-help book. In every, every single Every one. success story is like, just do it. Yeah, just start. Um, how, I think there's this book, I can't remember the exact title, but it's like How Rich People Think or something like that. How to Think Like a Rich Person or something like that, that my father-in-law gave me. And uh, one of the very first lessons of the book is... Just do it. Just do it. That's what all these, these like Henry Ford, he just did it. He had this idea... And he did, he probably had a lot of the emotions we all experience about fear and anxiety self-doubt. about doing it, self-doubt. Yep. He just, but he just did it. Okay. And well. he probably failed many times and that failure is learning. We're all afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Especially, it's, again, it's that whole, we, we're going to bring this full circle again. When we were in the beginning, we were talking about how uh, you're afraid with your book, how other people are going to interpret that yep. and judge you for it. Yep. I think every artist also has that. Because it's your heart work. Yeah. And then someone's like, this is shit. And you're all... And it'll break your heart, right? But if but you've worked on this, you if you've worked on your brain, yeah. you know that that's just a person expressing himself. It has nothing to do with what yeah. you're doing. You just didn't connect with that person. And that's okay. It's okay to not connect yeah. with people. I had to learn that, though. Your, your art should... Very first, again, full circle. So your art should always connect with you first. Yep. And if you let Don't yourself... Don't make your art for other people. Make your art for you and other people will relate to that. That's what we do with the podcast. And let all that go. <laughs> let yourself yeah. go. That's something I hold back a lot. You got to let yourself go. Yeah, we do That's do that true, on the podcast. Yeah. Okay, the podcast used to scare me. Because I was saying what I really think on here, and I don't do that. I'm a very much a yeah. diplomat when I'm with people. And there's you stuff filter, I've said on here. You filter to a degree to keep... I'm a chameleon personality. Her. I'll bend yeah. myself around whoever I'm with to make them comfortable. And it's not out of cowardice. I like people to feel good. Yeah. But in the same token, I never get to be me that way. And on the podcast, mm. I'm completely me. You should always just be you. 
Well, I should, but people can't handle be, that. Be, being you is an art, a piece of art, isn't it? Because you're expressing yourself. Well, being me, though, if I'm really just actually me, is terrifying to a lot of people. Because <laughs> So I'm just kind of like, you know, let's just, just kind of be comfortable. You're, you're an intense person, right? Well, it's not. It's just I have weird thoughts. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah, but Einstein I don't Einstein had weird thoughts, and he came up with the unity of... Uh, uh, that is true well and, it's, <laughs> and you know what's cool though is surrounding yourself i've been learning a lot about this surrounding yourself with people who challenge you with mm-hmm. people who ask better of you but yet care about you at the same time instead of just surrounding yourself with people who feed on you it's a different type of and yeah. i'm trying to learn that and do that better because you know what there's always emotional vampires out there there's oh, always people sure. that are going to suck off your energy for sure and so i'm trying to do better about that um that's another one of those things that it's in every success book is like uh you got to surround yourself with people who will challenge you, will drive you further. Exactly. And uh, who are good examples of where you want to get to. Um, not that they're always readily available either. Well, you were talking about earlier about well, just diving in and doing things. Guys, yeah. I have literally no computer coding experience or blockchain technology. Well, I, and yet here I am. Five years into being into the world of crypto. Yep. Knew nothing just, about she it. She just dove right in. I just dove right in. You know I what? bought Doge. I just dove right into you that. You bought Doge. I bought Doge. And it's... I'm up 14 cents now, so I'm hey. sorry about the <laughs> insolent corgi. And see, I'm I'm up pretty good here. Like, I, I'm I'm part of something that's the future of, of human interaction, and it's really exciting. It's like Web 3.0 is coming. Um, you owning your own self. Yes. Like on Facebook, they own your... Actions on the crypt, like on my blockchain, you get paid for your actions, your content. Beautiful thing. It's amazing, and if we can just get people to realize it, which is what I'm working on right now, is is with a group of people that are far smarter than I am in this stuff. (laughs) And 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 I'm gonna give them props because they're working tirelessly to help people realize you should own, like NFTs. There's 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 all of these. Did you read the article I sent you last night? That people are mining Bitcoin with the Game Boy. Yeah, I I didn't read it. I just loved it. Well, no, it's, crypto is huge. It's going to change our lives in it for a good way. But then there's it's the Wild West. There's going to be some negativity. Yeah, of um, course. There's going to be hiccups Like any sort of settling into a new is. frontier, you're going to have some ups and downs. Yeah. But I'm glad to be a part well, of it. Well, look what happened with YouTube when it first came out. It was the Wild West of the internet, right? Yep. And there was problems because then all of a sudden you had white supremacists trying to make propaganda videos and stuff. Exactly. Well, I and think this that's is, what the narrative is. I don't. I never saw one. This book that I'm going to finish by the end of the month, I kind of want to release as an NFT, which is a non-fungible token. Is co- token. It's called a yeah. Nifty, and a it's nifty. really neat. I, I really want to learn more about it, and I want to farm like decentral. What is it? Decentralized finance tokens. There's all this stuff I want to learn to do, and that's just it. Just do it. You're probably going to mess just up. Do it. Yeah. You got to dive right in. You're always going to make mistakes. Up for nobody. I I teach this to my daughters as well. You are never going to know how to do something right away. You have to just. Just jump in and start doing it and, and fail. You exactly. have to fail. Guys, don't be afraid of failure. You have to fail. Now, there's certain degrees of failure you want to avoid, like the fatal Like dying. Error, fatal errors. Yeah, that, like, that's... Depending on your hobby, like some hobbies are definitely more dangerous than others. Like so, base jumping. Like you don't want to fail at base jumping. That would that's suck. typically going to cause you death and there's no really way to learn a lesson But if that. it brings you joy and you accidentally <laughs> die from it, it's not hey, a bad thing. Died doing you something know, you love, right? What's well, the shame in that, I guess? Well, and death, that's death the whole... Death is death, I suppose. I'm super excited. Take it from <laughs> someone who um, was really good at learning and wrote learning and parroting information learning is great but if you don't get to if you don't ever apply your learning out of fear of fel- failure mm-hmm. if you don't ever put yourself out there you're never gonna be happy you're gonna have anxiety that's true that's i lived what, in that that's state what a long we did time. with the podcast you know what me and katie were talking about it and we, we were afraid of it we, we were. just did it we got we put the we opened up the laptop we plugged the microphone and we're like let's just let's start just fucking it. talking and we had all these these 
like preconceived notions and stuff, and then you know what? And we had crumbled successes around and failures. Yeah. We don't know what. We're, and and what's funny, we're we still don't, learning. We still don't know where we really stand. It. We're still doing it because it's something we love doing, and we're mm-hmm. learning as we go. We've learned a lot. I've learned a hell of a lot. Oh, me too. And if anything, like, it's been therapeutic. No amount of audio engineering taught me the things I've learned just doing the podcast. Like, well, and I've learned a lot about like each other too. Brady and I have. Like, there's just really cool things that I've learned, you know, things he knows how to do, things that I know how to do. Mm-hmm. We work together well. We're both sort of passive, so we could yeah. probably be further along if we want to, but we don't really care. <laughs> exactly. Like, and that's not a bad thing. We do care, but we don't. Like, we, our families kind of come first, it seems like. It has to. Your family has to come first. And I really appreciate that about Brady because it's like, I'm not going to not watch my kids recital or take them to beef way in because, but yet at the same token, we show up every week for the podcast. Yep. Even if we have to change the date. Yep. We don't let life get it's in the way you adapt. of something we've committed to, and I really appreciate that. But yet we're flexible because life happens. Exactly. Um, that was another thing I experienced when I was playing music. Like, I was obviously afraid of what people were going to think about it when I was playing in a band and stuff. But you know what? We just did it because I loved doing it. Yes. So I did it for me. I got up on the, on the stage and started playing my guitar. If you, and, yeah. you know, we created some awesome music, and people seemed to enjoy it. And if you do go through Created discomfort few, for something that you love for the right motivations, mm-hmm. I feel like it's worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of how I feel but about the podcast. Just like any art, just like any artist, I always, there's always these pitfalls of uh, being afraid of judgment and, you know, because obviously when you make a piece of art, it's, there's an inherent intention for other people to see or experience that art, right? Mm-hmm. There's always that notion. So there's always going to be that fear of what are people going to think and all that and well, and then that's I've, what causes I've, all these cookie cutter podcasts or cookie cutter TV shows or cookie cutter music. They're trying to copy. Every, they're trying to just please everybody. It's like, that's not what it's for. Please yourself. Or they're and whoever trying... whoever connects with that is going to love it. But that's when you're doing it for a career. It's a little different when it comes to like making money because obviously you want the most broad spectrum of money <laughs> coming in. But so. I don't like seeing all these people trying to copy what's <laughs> already been be done. For money, though. Just to, because they yeah. want to make money, and it's like art, no art shouldn't be for money. Like obviously artists need to make a living, but that's. Your intention should be the art. Your intention should be your expression for you personally. And that's what I'm talking about. Each one of us is unique. So you take what makes you cool and then that becomes your podcast. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to replicate Joe Rogan's formula. Hell no. You're not going to replicate that true crime thing. No. You have to find what you have to offer that's like you and I, that's not really, we seem to like philosophy and music and art and then also mental health. Like... And there's something about us that will combine in a way that maybe will resonate with people. It obviously resonates with about 12 of you, and we love each and every single one of you. <laughs> I love you. how our number changes every time we talk about it. We do, listener. because we're Six, cool. 6, 12, there's like Well, it depends on the week. The 45 of you. I wouldn't care if there was three of you. It makes me happy that yeah. somebody actually takes the time to listen to what we have to say, because yeah, well, there's a Hawaiian in here. There's Hi. A, uh-oh. He snuck in. Hawaiian, man. Lion. You don't have to be quiet. Yeah, it's Tom, okay. it's okay. People realize we're in the real world. People here. on TikTok watch people eat cereal. <laughs> Will you eat, you want to eat a bowl of cereal in front of us? I'm still trying to figure out TikTok, man. I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, we're old though. Now it's riddled with porn, apparently. So not porn, yeah. really. If you any medium of information. There's going to be porn. It's, it's just well, a rule. yeah, it's, it's a rule way. of law. It's Sometimes the stuff comes across the old Twitter feed, and I'm all, whoa, yeah, I'm not old yeah. enough to see that. Yeah, Facebook actively blocks it, but people still try to push it through. That's that whole rebellious thing. Though. What's funny though is if you want to look at porn, there's nothing stopping <laughs> you. Man, this Hawaiian smells like gasoline. Yeah, he does. What have you been doing there, bro? <laughs> 
Nice. Cutton. Yeah, uh, the Hawaiian is burning slash piles, and I see that he had yeah. the uh, Hawaiian Junior out there and the Palestinian assault vehicle just driving around. Junior. And so. <laughs> is that offensive? Huh? Well, that's what my brother calls him. Good. <laughs> we poke fun at each other all the time. Like a pineapple pokes you. Oh, hey. 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 <laughs> I, I hope we don't get canceled for that one. Can we of be all canceled? the things we've said, if we get canceled for pineapple, I'm going to laugh my ass off. My family is literally Hawaiian. Yeah. If they try to cancel me for that, I'm going to laugh. That's okay. We'll just get on Clubhouse. Oh, yeah. That's no where one. the can... Uncan- you're not getting invited. Oh, God. I hate exclusivity. I don't have a problem keeping something beta when you're working on it, but it just seems That's more totally of like, cool. yeah. it seems more of like my wiener is bigger than you, yours. You can kind of control the, the demographic of testers at that point, but. But that whole yeah. wiener comparing thing bugs wiener. me. It's like, well, that's what it is. It's like my Dodge is bigger than your Duramax. Cummins. Cummins. That video is funny, by the way. I should write that down. Because Shout out to uh, Regular Car Reviews, yeah. who also does a podcast. I have never listened to a full episode of their podcast because God damn, is it boring? I'm sorry to say. I'm just not into it. You're not a gearhead, though. There's a lot of empty space there where I just don't care. Um, but their fucking YouTube channel is amazing. The dude's a, a genius. He's super sarcastic, Talk which I approve art. of. He, he turns vehicle reviews into an art and automotive history. And he combines automotive history with like this this state of literature. It's amazing. Yeah, he's a wordsmith. We'll yeah. give him that. His and Monte he's, Carlo he's one, an English major. the Ricky Bobby Monte Carlo, well, it's actually the Dale Earnhardt <laughs> the one. Dale Earnhardt. And then the Cummins video. Oh, Those man. are both worth a watch if, if just guys, because... If the you dis- guys want to laugh and you want to learn a little bit, uh, re- Regular Car Reviews is the YouTube channel. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> he's really... You don't even have to care about cars. It's the writing. The way he talks... Well, and also, you know the stereotype of every person that he's talking about because you have ran into them on the road. Yeah. You know, like, come on. There's so many people with their big diesels. My husband calls them the pavement princesses because yeah, they don't leave. Let's talk about that. They don't leave the road. <laughs> a diesel is designed to if tow things. You have a fucking truck, and you're not going to haul anything or tow anything or climb anything. Why do you have a truck? Wieners. Maybe there's an aesthetic that you're that you're trying to portray. I don't know. I honestly don't care what people have. I just think it's kind of. I tend to be more amused by it than annoyed I'm by it. I'm just wondering though. It's just it quite I'm amuses curious, me. That's all. When some guy in a lifted, I like it when the guy's girlfriend yeah. drives the lifted truck and she thinks she's hot shit at the local coffee drive-through. It is the funniest yeah. thing to me. I get super I just, amused. It's just funny when people have a truck but they don't use it to be a truck, right? So it's like it's yeah. just like having like you just is hang, that us you being just judgmental? hang a, It's just like having you hang a chainsaw on your wall, right? And you, but you never cut a tree down with it. Uh, well, it's true. I refuse to pay $100,000 for a vehicle that I'm going to drive through cow poop. Yeah. It's like, it, like I said, it's like having a chainsaw that you rev every once in a while, but you've never cut a tree down. Let me get the steel out and wind on it. It's just an aesthetic. I'm just a chainsaw guy. My brother showed me a sweatshirt <laughs> yesterday that is baby, is baby Groot holding a steel chainsaw, That's winding cool. on a tree, Ooh. and I kind of would really like that. That's too, interesting. That sweatshirt. That's meta. It's super meta. meta. Tree cutting tree. Tree cutting tree. It was was pretty cool. Well, (laughs) and you know, growing up, I grew up, my family's all generational loggers. And Mm -hmm. so they have their own little things. Like you cannot use any other chainsaw but a still when you're, or you would be disowned. There's brand supremacy. There is. Even the chainsaw. And their thing was more about they were the best at Mm -hmm. that time. Um, But now they're not as good as they used to be. So brand supremacy, I feel like, evolves over time, too. Plus, it's just some sort of weird I have a degree of brand supremacy, too. Do you? Like, I'm a Toyota guy. Oh, you like? Well, I mean... Like, I will die on that hill because of reasons. But I don't do it because I'm better than everybody. I just go... I genuinely need the reliability, so... I'm more of a a pragmatic... 
thinker when it comes to brands. It's not about you know it's a good product. It's not about so you'll I have to have Nike it. clothes. Mm. No, it's about like I'm just gonna. I gotta have clothes that are gonna last. So whatever brand is gonna give me clothes that are gonna last, I'm gonna typically go for that because I'm cheap. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm frugal. I so. pretty much like I tend to buy things more because they appeal to me, yeah. and I know I'm gonna keep it for a long well, time. There's nothing wrong with that. Like when I get a okay, like my dishwasher. Yeah, it was a Bosch dishwasher. It was very expensive because I got tired of buying a new one every three years because they use plastic housing to crack them. So Boshes exactly. are very expensive. So economically, but I spent a, a lot dishwasher. of money and got the one that has no heating element <clears throat> in it. It's entirely stainless steel, so it was a lot of money. But it also is very practical and frugal because you're not buying a new one every three years. Exactly. I feel like it's less wasteful. Exactly. And that's why I like Toyotas. Like, I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to be able to get to 500,000 miles with a hell of a lot less money than if I had a GM. Well, I told you the so. PAV just drove by and it has 337,000 on it. Oh, fucking yeah. It's a beast of a truck. Man, those things are awesome. I love that old truck. Something. Well, I I've, think I've explained this, but like Toyota uses these old samurai principles in their manufacturing and design print mm-hmm. products. So... There's nothing wrong with that. I think everybody should adapt to that because it's just practical. You're going to make better stuff. Well, it's but then you have your, your then you have your Range Rovers, right? Mm, the old ones All are amazing. All these rich people like to buy these Range Rovers because of the aesthetic, because of the brand recognition, the the status that it gives you because they're expensive, yeah. right? And they're stylish. They're they, pieces, they look good. They're pieces of crap, probably now. Fucking horrible. Even the guy, even the mechanic uh, that I went to, he was talking about his. He's like, I fucking everything breaks on this all the time he's like i have it because i'm a mechanic and it gives me something to do okay. i can fix it like an but old... if you have one the repair costs if you're not a mechanic are going to be through the goddamn roof an old one from the 60s the like an old british lorry type one i yeah. love that thing i'd drive it or the t- old toyota land cruisers like the, those things no see the toyota land cruiser you can't kill them they are bulletproof man the they're, old ones i don't want die. a new one they refuse to die you could run them without oil for probably and it would just keep going it's fine i actually watched a video about that yesterday this guy took a camry mm-hmm. a toyota camry notorious for running without oil right i don't know how they uh, do he it. took the oil pan off and tried to see how far it would drive. He added this weird oil additive. Yeah. And that, it was like a lubricant. that told you that it you can run your car without oil. Uh, no, the thing only went like 14 miles. And because it's died. like running without and blood. Fucking, yeah, you need the oil. But um, when he still had the oil pan on after he drained all the oil, mm-hmm. it still had the, this very small amount of oil in the oil pan that yeah. was splashing up into the intake of the oil, for the oil pump. So little oil pressure. And it fucking was going. It just went. With, like, the tiniest amount of oil. And then it ceased. Yeah. <laughs> Once he took the oil pan off and there was yeah. no oil in it, it, it still ceased. went 14 miles. But it, and then it ceased. God, I love those old Cameras, though. Like, they are bulletproof. Um, the, the, what is it? The 1992 Toyota Corolla. Oh. Um, there's a meme about it where somebody faked a user manual that came with the car. Mm-hmm. And it said, oil change optional. <laughs> I literally know someone that never changed their oil in that for years. Yeah, exactly. As long as it has something. You could probably put fucking water in the oil pan and it would just go. But see, I like, believe... Any in... lubrication at all. I'm not perfect. It, but, they, but they create... Because in Japan, they don't have fucking time to go to the mechanic. No. They're too busy creating And there's things. too many people, so like the backlog would be insane. So they created cars that don't have to go to the mechanic all the time. And if they, if they do break, you, you can very easily just throw a new part in there. Well, so. and there's some, it's elegant simplicity too. I, exactly. I quite, but yet they also are very much futuristic. They used robots. They were oh, like yeah. the first people to use robots well, to put cars together, weren't they? Well, Toyota presented this idea that they're going to start a 
city of the future as an experiment. So is Bill Gates. He's doing that in Arizona. He's probably competing with them. He probably is. It's a smart city. But it's a good idea. It's a smart city. Yeah. I can't remember. They have this beautiful Japanese name for it. Toyota does. Do they really? Yeah, because everything in their language is conceptual. Yes. Every, every, Every little word is a poem to them. I swear to God. It's amazing. But uh, they... He went Weibo there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but they... Um, <laughs> Sorry. Toyota wants to start this like city of the future where everything's like AI driven and stuff. And they it's as an experiment. They want to see how it plays out. Does it turn into this dystopic nightmare like we portray in art? Or does it flourish? They want to find out. They want to know what happens? So they want to do it in, isola- in an okay. isolated environment. As long as there's not before a Before huge... they change Tokyo into it. As long as there's not a huge human cost. I love social experiments. Like Bill yeah. Gates bought a whole bunch of land outside of Phoenix. Yeah. To do yeah, Biodome. Biodome. Thanks, Tom. Little acid rain. The wine. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> I do. Too. Oh my god. Marco Polo. I, I haven't watched that forever. I have to watch that. Okay, now. we're gonna also put Biodome. that in there. Biodome. Polly Shore. Shout out to Polly Shore and oh. the Baldwin guy. Stephen. Which whatever. Yeah. It was that one. The one. They're all the same. I love. They, they really are. But that movie was one of my favorite childhood uh, movies of all time. God damn, what happened to Polly Shore? Can he come back, please? I, he wouldn't be. He was not politically correct when he goes. Doesn't matter. He'll love him. When he say wheezing the juice or her nugs yeah. are hyping, they, he's, he would get in trouble with the Me Too movement. Can they reunite with Brendan Fraser and do uh, Encino Man too? Oh, I loved wheezing the juice. It was amazing. I love that movie. Like uh, some, munching on some grindage. Nostalgia. Uh, son-in-law. Um, anyway. Sorry, yeah, I just. No, it's son- like that's okay. Cutting some corn. Oh, I love that movie. Well, and that's... Or in the uh, army now, sorry. Oh, God. Andy Dick, man. Andy Dick What happened just... to him? He's awesome. I think he That guy is a on a whole other level of, of comedy, but not even remotely politically correct. Not even close. There like, was also that movie Tank Girl, which okay. I don't know. When I think of in the army now, I also think of Tank Girl. Oh, yeah. Glory Petty. <laughs> it's all just kind of... There. That time, 1996, was a good year for movies. Like, right in there... I don't Hell yeah, it was. A lot of movies came out. When Nicolas Cage and Brendan Fraser well, were in their prime. You had Happy Gilmore. All of Adam these Sandler things. was in his prime. Everybody was in their prime. Oh, all these Tommy actors Boy now. with yeah. Adam Sandler's still in his prime. I'm not going to lie. He just keeps going. Like, Uncut Gems was a fucking beautiful movie. Yeah, he... Oh, my God. I've never... He... he strained his talent to the maximum degree to make... And I loved... It was perfect. Yeah, Uncut... I didn't know Adam Sandler could do that. But he's not... And then he did... Uh, have you seen... Uh, I wish I remember what it was I watched called. the it Murder was about, Mystery There was this movie. movie he did. I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, but he was this, like, talent agent. But he was really fucking horrible, but everybody enabled him. I can't remember. kind of I know what you're talking about, but lovable. I can't remember what you're... I don't know what the name uh, is. That was a good movie, too. I could... That's, like, Adam Sandler's... Like, I love how we were talking too. about Toyota and their future city well, is devolved Tom. off... Tom, it's Tom's Tom brought up Biodome and I Tom oppressed us with his nostalgia thing. Yeah, Happy Gilmore, man. No one's ever made a movie remotely the like that. The price is wrong, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> what, man. No one's... Because of this political movement, though, we don't get movies like that anymore. No. Everybody has to be PC. Everything's whitewashed and cookie cutter. It has to mold with China's fucking shit. Because you have to have a Chinese audience now because there's billions of them. But why? Why uh, not make movies for the Chinese audience? Why does everything have to be cross-platform that's like that? That's what I mean. Can we still have a good old non-PC movie to laugh at? Well, I figure there's 330 million Americans, so yeah, make movies is, for them. Comedy is supposed to not be PC. It's supposed to diverge from that because we have to laugh at shit. Well, and so, I feel like good-naturedly poking fun at everything yeah. is the whole point of comedy because it unites you. Comedy yeah. unites humans. That's and people true. be like, but what if it's racist? It's like, I've watched... Has anybody ever watched Dave Chappelle? <laughs> My God! Yeah. Like, and then the nerve of Netflix to pull only a couple episodes of Chappelle show off when they're all equally offensive? That's what I mean. What's like, the point? Or when they pulled that fucking community episode for the blackface, but it was actually not blackface. It was an elf. It was... There was a joke about blackface. 
But we need. But those... he wasn't actually doing blackface. I was like, come on. But Tropic Thunder is on Amazon Prime. We need the and jokes. And Robert Downey Jr. Why did he get away with blackface to do a whole movie in it? Because he was making fun of blackface, and that's just it. If it's making fun of it, then it's yeah. But he not was still a... using st- racist stereotypes in a way. I don't care personally. I love the movie, and that was the best part he's ever done in his whole life. Oh God. My you favorite, never go full. That's my favorite Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> part he's ever played. It's my ironically my favorite Tobey Maguire cameo too. Uh, and my favorite Tom Cruise hilarious. part, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I fucking died. Tom Cruise playing Dick Cheney. The fact that, that he like... can, the fact that Tom Cruise can t- not take himself seriously and do that part, I loved that so much. I love. If you guys everything. haven't seen Tropic Thunder, it's such that a is good the movie. last great comedy movie that's ever existed. After that. It was all downhill. Like never, I don't they've think, never made a comedy movie on that. I level. don't think we can. Thank I don't think, you so much, Ben Stiller, for that. Oh, movie. that movie was so good. Oh, and Jack, Jack Black. Black. I know. I was just thinking of Jack just Black. Do my jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to watch that tonight. I'm not gonna lie. I own I my own to. copy of that movie. I need to watch because I know. I might go home and watch that too. Maybe if it's on Amazon, great, I'll just stream it. It's a great. It's on Amazon. Isn't it Friday, funny yeah. that I'm too lazy to get a DVD out now? Oh, you just DVDs. stream it. Yeah. Nobody likes DVDs. Why do you have to put? Man, I, 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 we, um, all of our, we were spring cleaning, and my daughters had all these DVDs, mm-hmm. right? And they were all scratched up because they didn't know how to take care of DVDs. None mm-hmm. of them worked anymore, so we got rid of them all. And now they just have all these VHSs from from when I was a kid. Baby time, yeah. And uh, there's all the the old classic, you know, VHSs, uh, like Disney, Disney movies ones, yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, my kids uh, had those. Just teaching them how to make to use a VCR. I'm like, this is fucking horrible the rewinding thing why can't i just give them disney plus like because they have this old tv old tube tv like I, yes i still have one and it's not because i'm a hipster it's because it's it was pretty- cheap because <laughs> i knew they were gonna break it so why would i buy them a fucking hundred dollar flat panel well so my kids grew up so. the, the nice tv they had the the cathode ray tube our old yeah, tv yeah. and they had an old vcr dvd player CRT, combo yeah. that my brother gave them yeah and they watched the movies from when I was a kid. They grew up with that. It was important. But I also, I want them to feel that frustration. Of not having... I had to go through it. Rewinding a tape? God, it's excruciating. It uh, really is. Wow, the, the teaching them the concept of rewinding a tape was painful to me. Because I was like, I'm so, we've moved so far past this. Well, I know, because we're all on demand. There, there's also something so analog about it. So, like, there's so much feeling to it my favorite thing is when i watched a vhs movie because we have this one called toby mcteague i finally <laughs> found it it's a 1980s canadian dog racing movie that is just the best it's got all the music that you could think of from the 19 19- it's just really dramatic yeah. it's a family classic in my um, family and i would i was sitting there in the tracking remember when tracking was a thing yeah and I, you forget about that stuff. You used to have to do that manually. Yeah. The newer VCRs when, are auto. I love but... how the, all of them say auto tracking on the VCR because it was a marketing thing. It was like yeah. to remember a time when you had to like track the, you had to like sync up the audio and the video manually and all that. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, a, it's a goddamn miracle we ever had movies. But think of what we, <laughs> just in our lifetime, we've gone from VCR, you know, yeah. videotape to when they DVDs tried all these experiments like laser disc. Oh, laser disc. We had it in my biology yeah. class. The disc was like bigger than a seven, oh 33 it a, record. It was, it was huge. Yeah, it was a CD that I remember was my biology that. teacher's like, today we're going to do this. To all you kids out there, we've come a long way. Just in a three decade span. In a three decade span, we went from Oregon Trail on DOS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, when I was a kid, we were playing to that. To smartphone games. Am I, old? Am I that old? We're pretty old. I played the original. When floppy di- if you guys even know what a floppy disk is, there was a time where it was actually floppy, oh, God. like literally bendable, because it was this magnetic 
tape, but it was a re- it was like a it was floppy. It was actually floppy. And then and I remember got popping hard. it in. I remember popping it in you the old ass over. Atari fucking computer. Yeah. And then the, that sound. Yeah, the drive. That was the disc drive. Yeah. I was reading it. Oh man. My favorite thing is now we, we got had solid a, state drives and everything's flash solid. memory But see, now, I, I think because we had to go through all that, we very much appreciate it. It, it drove I, us to go, fuck this. <laughs> I appreciate it. We had a donation um, at the library, Brady, and somebody dropped yeah. off a thing of discs. Okay? They were yeah. hard discs, so they were the plastic ones. And this kid's all, what are those? And I'm all... Oh, God. And I just kind of yeah. looked at him like, well, small fry. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had a conversation well, about back it. back when... Two, when 512 kilobytes was a huge deal. Back when, ra- <laughs> back when raptors roamed the earth, I told him. <laughs> this is how we had to play games. Back when yeah. um, everything on a computer was text, even if it had a user interface. I remember the first time I put Carmen San Diego DVD-ROM in yeah. and played that game. Oh it was God, the greatest yeah. thing in the entire universe because yeah. I didn't have to flip it halfway through. Oh, man. Dude, I, we've come so far. I, we have. Um, I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Let's Since we're down the nostalgia trip, thanks okay. to Tom. It's Tom's fault. Um, <laughs> Movies used to be a way bigger deal because of how hard it was to actually like mass produce a VHS tape and a VCR. And so yes. when a bad movie came out, it was even bigger of a deal because they, had, they fucking put the effort and money out to publishing this piece of crap. Oh, some of those bad movies and are then, so glorious. And now. then you had like the actual physical space it took up on a shelf. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's all on hard drives. Do you know how many movies we don't get to see now? Like the movies they've made and then they just aren't distributed? I'd like to watch some of those. That's why we have even more shitty movies now is because it's so easy to just throw it on a server out there. We have shitty everything because it's we can just do it and it's on it sits on a server somewhere. And it doesn't have to go through so accessed. much to yeah. be made. Yeah, it doesn't have to literally travel the world to sit on a shelf and take up space anymore. No, the space we is don't a, do that. The space anymore. is just light waves. It's a, it's right? a thing of the past. Now it takes up air. Now it takes up bandwidth. Yeah, data storage. That's an ever increasing problem now too. Is There's enough- only so many frequencies we can project. Well, yeah, like and I saw... All, and they sometimes bounce off each other, like my headphones, my Bluetooth oh, headphones. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They are on the same exact... Because Bluetooth, I don't know if you guys know this, is just Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. That's just a fancy name for this This device uses Wi-Fi to be wireless. Um, so they, it's just a marketing thing. Like Kleenex. It's not a new technology yeah, either. It's, it's pretty not. old. Um, but anyway, my headphones, my wireless headphones, are on the same exact frequency wave of my Wi-Fi router. So when I have my headphones connected to my smartphone... All of a sudden, my smartphone's Wi-Fi has all these problems. It never, it just can't download anything. It's very slow. It causes issues. Oh, you need my to spend... Wi-Fi will shut off because it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, it's, you need it's, to spend because it's like there's all this um, face cancellation of the waveforms. Well, I just got an email from my Netgear people. You just need to spend six hundred dollars and get the six. Get, that's what six I mean. Megahertz that's, that's router, why they've so it's on done a different the, band. That's why they've done the five gigahertz router. And a lot of now people don't understand this stuff. I've I've put myself through the masochism of researching this shit. Oh, you mean of wavelengths? But it's interesting to me. Yeah. Radio wavelengths are yeah. interesting. But that's an increasing problem now too. Is like all the different cell phones, all because millions of people have to use them at the same time, right? Billions. All the different internet, all the different everything we do is limited like we're eventually going to run out of bandwidth but well, i thought when we get when we get our bill gates vaccine uh-huh. that we'll broadcast in 5g ourselves to solve the problem i think that we'll also run out of bandwidth then because think... then there'll just be too many people oh now i'm sad though yeah. what's the point then so then we have to get 7g or whatever uh no so. they solved that problem though we don't have to use radio waves anymore because they were able to beam that light like the laser remember i told you about that yeah. the australians solved that problem oh. where it doesn't have a deviation anymore and so we can send signal with that yeah, but with that, it has to be focused, so then you have a degree of geography that needs they to be... They solved the problem. And all that. Yeah. 
The, it was a problem they before. A problem. They solved the They've problem. They've opened the door for other problems to oh, solve. Oh, they're always That's the problems. thing with technology. There's always like, going to be another one. They create technology to solve one problem and creates more problems. And that's why it grows so much. This was a major one that's for us sending massive amounts of information. Oh, with yeah. it. Now we'll be able to. Just, at the speed of light. I feel like we're going to have to start dividing up well, how we send our information. I, I love how we're now at the point where the speed of light is too slow. Yeah. That's where we're at as, as, a, as a species. Like I said, Brady. The Moore. speed limit of the universe, of of the laws of reality, is too slow. But think about it. We're not really that old. Comparison. Okay, we say we're yeah. old, but think no, about what has no, changed in our good. lifetime. We went from analog to digital yeah. to now we're at light speed. Just in the last, not Dead. even a hundred years. Think about that for a minute. We've I been know. around for hundreds of thousands of years, but just in that, in the last very tiny chunk of time, how far we've come because of technology. We yeah. figured just one. Leap of technology brought us here. That's insane. Which is the microprocessor. Yeah. And that's even we used to be a take up an entire fucking room and use magnetic tape for computing. It was huge. I loved it. It was huge. Or then they had the punch cards. You had to literally program <laughs> logic uh, equations into a punch card, and then the computer interpreted that horribly slow. And we've really and made, went... it was noisy, and then the cooling. Oh God. To cool those things because they were like fucking basically nuclear bomb level heat. We've really went like, from that insane. in fifty years. Yeah. 40, really. Like even, we still have a heat problem with computing. Like, these top-end PCs have to be water-cooled. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but water doesn't mix with electricity. So there's all these intricate systems <laughs> to water-cool your computer. And now there's all these new chemicals to do better than water to cool, that you don't have to use as much. It's amazing how technology grows. I love it. It's so cool. It's fascinating to me. I'm a futurist. I read about a polymer the other day that takes your body energy mm -hmm. to charge your devices. I think it's the coolest thing ever. We're so oh, that's a gimmick. I love it, but it's, a, it's so I gimmicky. still love it. Yeah. I still like the they idea. Had the, they had this phone that, um, or it's like a phone case that charged your phone basically because you walk. Well, this so it was... encouraged people, it's supposed to encourage people to walk more to charge their phone. Well, no, I was talking about clothing. These are clothing. Oh, clothing. This is clothing. It, it charges your phone. It creates enough energy to... From your body to do, heat? Yeah, from just... There's not enough energy from your body No, but they do, said to do to smaller devices. As yeah, battery like a smart watch, maybe. As battery technology yeah. improves. I'll have to look it up again. It'll only extend the battery life, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's so gimmicky that it's just... Well, like, I feel like every little it's bit one of those helps, real, real, There's like this realm of very gimmicky technology that's cool... It is cool. But it's just not practical. It doesn't really do much. I like it when we make It'll those fall. big... We It'll keep fail. doing all that little stuff, though. We'll eventually yeah. find that cool big thing, though. Yeah. That's how we do this. Well, that's the problem. Again, we have, like, solar. Mm -hmm. It's a cool idea. Get energy from the sun. It's just not practical. We also have to hurt the earth to, just, to catch it. Just to charge your phone, you have to have a pretty large solar panel, probably the size of this table. Just uh, to yeah. charge your phone with the same efficiency as plugging it into the wall. And then those of us who live in efficient. the northern hemisphere that have a lot of cloudy days yeah. and stuff, there's some problems so, there. I'm sorry to tell you guys this, but we're never going to switch to solar panel, to solar power. Uh, unless it's we good in some it. applications where you absolutely need it, but because it's limit so limited, like if you're living out in the middle of nowhere and, and it, or like in the middle of the desert, where you get a lot of sun, right? The amount of the literal like physical space you have to have to have a solar panel big enough to be efficient as other technologies to create power, it's just not practical. That's all. Well, because and then they the way break, we then they degrade it. so fast that it's just not. It's expensive. I do have a friend who lives full time in their RV, and yeah. they replace their roof with panels, and that provides all of it's their needs for electricity. Because they probably have to ration it. Well, they live differently than that's you would I mean. in a normal house. To, that's because you have to ration it. It's a little different than... You would not be able to consume in the way that you do yeah, exactly, in, a, in a modern exactly. life. And that's where people need to have an but, honest conversation. Um, the... They... 
the idea of the modern solar panel right now is supplementation to take the strain off of the power grid. Which is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. I love it. But it will never switch completely over to it. It's a good supplement, but it's never going to happen. I feel like capturing it in space would make way more sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how those satellites work. Yeah. Capturing in space. They're all solar paneled. There's an infinite amount of radiation going on out there. Exactly. We we could, there's something. I, I, hopefully we crack the code of fusion someday. It would be I nice. don't know why it's so difficult. What's the deal? It's just the opposite of what Come we've on, been stupid. doing. Come on, stupid. Make it work. <laughs> yeah. Kick that box a few times. Percuss- Come on, idiots. Percussive maintenance is the yeah. key to nuclear fusion. Right? I want to be able to leave my lights on all day, not hurt the power grid. Or the planet. Just fucking fix it already. I and- think, do you think maybe we've already <laughs> cracked it and it's just because the current might, people that have the know. system don't want to... Hey, that's been known to happen. They hide things in a There's box. There's a documentary about the guy who invented the water-powered car, and he got assassinated. That's allegedly. Allegedly. It's a conspiracy theory. Allegedly. It's like the ostrich yeah. thing on Letterkenny. Allegedly. But it's like this guy in the 70s of all of all times. He, like, invented a water-powered car, and the, supposedly the, you know... Cabal. Cabal of oil idiots decided, no, that'll destroy our business model, so... Hmm. Well, Instead no. of them just going, seeing the curve and going, let's just switch to water. Fuck oil. No, they just assassinated the guy and kept their oil around. Petroleum really has changed we, our lives so more than anything. It. I we're mean, so it, it's not just fuel petroleum. for our vehicles. It's everything. Yeah. All the plastics, yeah. all the... It's something. And then, of course, you know, all the all the alternatives get suppressed. And I don't know if it's nefarious or if they're, or if they're gimmicky. Do humans like to let go of power? No. No. And sometimes I feel like this Great Reset, a lot of it is we're getting ready to shift into a different type of lifestyle and so maybe that's why they're milking everything because they sure are making it where I think the big businesses to, are though. taking in a huge amount of money for some reason yeah so i don't know what's going on there i think we need to shift into a new like oil was cool for all for a while and it was a good stepping stone but now we're at a time where it's like can we try something yeah. different can we take the fallout approach to this game video game fallout that he, your pineapple likes a lot my pineapple loves fallout for spending lots of pineapple i love spending it. lots of energy um, credits on he, that he yeah he puts a lot of time into this game fallout yeah. now if you guys don't know what this is it's a really cool story about um it's a it's a obviously fictitious timeline of 200 years um, they after, yeah. they decided to use nuclear power for everything from cars to like your appliances everybody had like a small nuclear reactor attached to their house mm-hmm. and obviously it would doesn't require much you just buy a tiny bit of plutonium and you have power for years mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and things got went wrong and there was a war yep. and uh they were also you know not very afraid to use them as a weapon to destroy the entire planet and cause an apocalypse so yeah, <laughs> mutation the, the uh, aesthetics of the game is so cool it's all like post-apocalyptic but in a time when the apocalypse happened, it was modern times, but everything had like a 50s nost- like nostalgic look to it. Yep. It's so cool. I love this game. Uh, I just don't have... It's just... I don't know. It is a time suck. The game is hard and... Tom was just, in a vault for hours last in, yeah. night. I like more linear... This is a very open world game. I like more linear games. The pineapple so likes... I play a lot of he, linear he, games. He yeah. plays Fallout when he doesn't want to play with games. other people. Like He just wants to be yeah. like, just Tom. Just play. That's a good game. Yeah, and it's a good game for that. Because it's one of those... It's called a... It's a immersive role-playing game, meaning you're supposed to um, impute a degree of your reality and yourself into the character you're portraying in the game. That's why I write. Yeah. It's my immersive exactly. role-playing game. Everybody has their own thing. That's why I hate when people are mean to people with video games. You would never be mad at a person for writing a novel. Nope. Sorry, I just had to get mad about that. That's true. Because you are writing a story. That's, that's Everybody's per- experience playing games is different. We, I love how we also attribute a certain degree of productivity to making art. It's important, and I'm glad we do that. Because we could just as easily go, art's not important. 
Well, we, some that's people not do. productive. Some there people. are some people like that. Yeah. I think that that's they're true. just, they're mean. They're mean and their grandma didn't hug them enough. But some of the most productive people on the planet are very appreciative of art. Like Elon Musk, he fucking loves his art. That's because his Eric first Weinstein, grade teacher probably put a sticker on his coloring yeah, page. Eric Weinstein won't shut up about blues. Eric and I'm very appreciative of that. I'm not saying that in a negative way. He's literally just won't shut up about the blues now. He, he's on this kick. But he's and I also, love it what is it's he? He's like a 60-year-old man. Yeah. That's, that's he, he, even that liked, yeah. he even liked one of my uh, things on Twitter because I commented on a blues post. And I'm like, it's such a beautiful piece of music that he posted. You're getting some tweet love from people Because I put love out there. You're if not you trying to put love be... into the world, you get love back. Everything you put into the world comes back to you in a, in a, to a certain degree. And you're not trying to get like likes. Unless or, like, you're Gina Carano. Well, yeah, but no, she's getting love back. She threatened the narr- the mainstream narrative with love, so that, of course, she didn't get any love back. I don't understand that. Well, we love her back. Yeah, I loved her. And she gave us a like on Twitter because I just, I expressed my love for one of her posts. Yeah, but it's genuine. You're not trying so to kiss she, her butt to get, like, it's No, like, I didn't care. I, I got excited that she liked a tweet of ours. Well, because she's went but, through a lot of stuff. I appreciate that woman because yeah. people that are crucified for standing up for what they believe in yeah. are my favorite people. It was actually a beautiful tweet. Do you mind if I bring... You should read it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, Brady. I mind. Because we do this at the end of every podcast. I seem to bring up a tweet, so You should not? do that because then I might have to, <laughs> kind of you know, use now. the bathroom. So... <laughs> <laughs> bring up your tweet, though. That um, was... I will. Uh, is, oh, let's fine fill it. the air real quick. I don't want to fill the air. I like awkward <laughs> silences. Mm. Nothing is more delicious when you're around a group of adolescents who are trying to show off and there's an awkward silence. Mm. I start laughing, which probably doesn't help. I love kids, though. They're so much fun. Uh, Did you find it? Um, I'm getting You can do it? He's he's podcast. staring at his Android phone it, so. really hard. Yeah. See, I would Here just... Here it is. Oh, Gina Carano. Okay. Maybe this is different, but... It, Oh, no, never mind. That's a conspiracy one. Oh, you don't need to get no, into that. That'll be no. a whole other digression. He's still having trouble there. Here it is. Okay, did you find it? Yeah, she says, and this is very relative to almost everything we talk about on this show. Okay. So it's perfect. Uh, she said, go outside, breathe in some fresh air, break a sweat, put your phone down for a couple hours and be present in the moment. I added the in the moment part, by the way. Uh, smile at a stranger, give your loved ones hugs. Take care of yourself so you can be healthy to help take care of others when the time comes and continue on. That's the exact theme of this episode, actually. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, what did I comment on? I said, I did all of these things today and it yields truly wonderful results. We love you, Gina Carano. Thanks. And she liked that, obviously. So I was happy about it. I was just happy to, I just was, I just was happy about the post. It's such a good piece of advice. It comes from a place of love. It's not somebody just trying to post stuff to get likes. Yeah. You can, because of the woman's actions, that's not her. You know at all. that she <laughs> believes it. Yeah. And I appreciate everything she posts is just a true like thing she stands for. Believes so. Well, and genuine. people I follow on social media, like I like um Ryan Holiday, mm-hmm. and I like Lex Friedman. Mm-hmm. And when Lex they post, Friedman is amazing. Too, I love Lex Friedman. They post what they actually practice with their actions. And so when someone that practices with their actions posts words, I tend to take them more seriously than someone that's just posting endless Instagram yeah. um, motivational quotes. Exactly. You know, and so like anything on my Twitter for my writing, it's something that really meant something to me for the day. It's not just to get followers. It's not. It's like something I actually... You're truly better than I am because I just put memes. <laughs> I love memes. Yeah, I know. Brady and I, we, we start our day out almost every day with <laughs> meme dump. Yeah, we... <laughs> 
<laughs> I have I have quite the collection on my Google on my Google uh, Drive Google but, Photos Drive. Man, in fact, I can't wait till twenty years from now when I go back through them. Well, Thursday we we ended up not playing game night because our cousin got dis- well, my cousin got distracted by Civilization Six with the other people. Yeah, man, they're so, they're even Jacob got sucked. They down got that sucked rabbit. into it. They love these life simulator games. They do, particularly and so, war. It's a war simulator. Brady and I got distracted by that they did Throwback Thursday to twenty twelve memes on Reddit mm-hmm. memes, and we laughed for an hour, hour yeah, and a oh half. Man. I think I laughed till I almost cried, but it was. It was one of the best you things know, it's ever. It's weird. There's a, the hive mind has a nostalgic thing right now. They do. Because the meme community is nostalgic and our podcast episode un, unintentionally was nostalgic. It sort of to was. Tom. He, Tom. He took us down that road. Tom. Okay. The world is crying out for better times. I watched this thing about it the other day even. So the hive mind is on this trip. We're, Somebody, on, uh, was we're it? craving I don't remember who it was. Time. They were talking about, maybe it was Jacksepticeye. Famous YouTuber, video gamer YouTuber. Mm-hmm. He diverged from gaming to do all these other things in a, a true YouTube fashion. But uh, Isn't that how that works? He was talking about how people get obsessed with old old times. Because uh, specifically on his channel, a lot yeah. of his fans are like obsessed with the older, older form of him. And he, he went on this rant about nostalgia and why we crave it. It's because it's not the thing itself that we're... Like Biodome, the movie. It's not Biodome, the movie... We want that feeling we had when we watched it originally. It's where we were That's at in our timeline exactly. then. It's exactly. It's a who we were and what we were experiencing at the time. It's a it's a safety. We're we're craving that safety we had. I think at we the attribute time. fantasy to to that time. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't forget about that you had your awkward anxiety. Then you just think about the good things. Yeah, because we, typically you were escaping from that mm-hmm. when you watched that piece of art or when you were experiencing that piece of art. So that's what you're getting is that relationship of that piece of art to. That escapism, that those positive feelings you were getting away from all of that, and, the and so art, that's what drives nostalgia. And the art brings all those feelings to the surface yeah, because that's you're, it's how your brain works. With it, it's like a filing cabinet, and when you pull out the biodome file, yeah, then you feel all those things that you felt during that time. And that's what creates that dissonance when you go back and experience that for nostalgia's sake. It's not the same. No. When you when I go back and play an old video game that I used to play, it has now to. it's. A hundred percent different. I'm not in the same headspace. I'm not escaping anything. I'm trying to go back to that instead, and it's not the same, especially with graphics-wise. You have all these distractions. I think that's why you see a lot of old dudes in diners reminiscing about the good old days. Uh It's something that all humans do. It's a safety net. You know, like I said, we looked at memes from nine years ago, Mm -hmm. and it it, it it. threw us back. Oh, I did too. It threw it threw us back to that different times. And it was a different time. We both were doing completely different things during that time. And you're right. We weren't trying to recreate it. It was just that warm feeling of remember this. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, the Member Berries episode of South Park nailed it. Member Berries, yeah. yep. I like it. <laughs> I don't, those guys are geniuses, man, I swear. The Member Berries. They're on a whole other level of, of political commentary. Maybe they're of part of the Elon Musk commentary. alien cult, too. Probably. I wish we were part of that. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I can I be a part of the cult. I don't know if cult. I'd be good at being a part of a cult. Man. I'd ask too many questions. Speaking of aliens, can we get that UFO information dump already? Come on, you're taking too long. Wasn't it supposed to be with Quit censoring it, just release days? it. I know. Yeah. Most people aren't going to believe it anyways. Yeah. So just they're throw it out there. You know what they're doing is they're panicking like, oh shit, now we have to do... So they're in there censoring everything. Redact, change, redact, redact, yeah, redact, 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 redact. What can yeah. we show them? And then changing the narrative of what's really going That's on. That's so not that what can, the bill said. They're creating this beautiful red herring, I'm sure. Mm. That I can't wait even to get that. Well, I'd like it's to... An, either way, once they do it, even if it's a red herring, even if it's false, it's still an acknowledgement I'd like to... from our leaders that be that 
something's going on and then it's going to create new conspiracy well, theories and I'm craving new conspiracy theories because the old ones are boring now. I also saw... I, we all know there's a goddamn cabal of pedophile cannibals or something. Oh, I don't know. The Maybe they're... Thing. That one's boring now. I'm sick of it. I, well, you know what? That you speak <laughs> Nobody's of this alien doing thing. anything about it. There's so. this weird toilet swirl on Twitter right now where scientists are starting to come out and say alien things and then other scientists are like, we shouldn't mm-hmm. even be talking about this. So they're starting to set the stage for whatever it is they're going to do. And then Elon Musk is out here like... Aliens would have ha- we would have found more proof by now. Oh, it's boring. Let's move on. <laughs> I got a helicopter. And he crushed on Mars. me with that. Aww. He even crushed Joe Rogan with that. Oh, mm, yeah, no. Joe Rogan doesn't care. He's Elon's still, he's interesting, still on the alien but he he kick. can't crush me with what he says. He's yeah. just I don't know. I eh. I'd love to. Do, I can't wait to do another alien episode soon. Well, so. maybe when they release the it. stuff, we the can dig into it. it a little bit. Yeah. Let's even if that. they're not real, I still love the idea. It's fun to tickle the idea that there is life out there and that we're not alone. Well, because you'll never and statistically, truly, it's true. You're never going to truly know or not know in a sense yeah. if you don't know in your lifetime because the world is universe is mm-hmm. so vast. But it's the fantasy. That's why we make so many movies about it. Well, that's also it's a why... beautiful thought that there could be so much diverse life out there, not just what we experience here on Earth. Because it gets boring. We humans get bored. We get stuck. We also we think about thinking, and, and somebody sits in the yeah. corner and says, "What if there was a bulbous head-looking sucker that flew in and did this with some cows?" Yeah. Like, obviously, that's a recurrent meme. I still talked about the cows. I don't get the cow thing. <laughs> I don't know why that's stuck in the narrative of why aliens. Why aliens such cow? Cows herders? and butt stuff, and yeah, probing. Is it just all the homophobic rednecks? Probably. Do you think? Probably. And it just kind of portrayed itself through, know. through that narrative. That was who? It was who, a meme. It's a meme. Is who what it was. initially came up with that thing? Like, yeah. it, it had to be in the 50s. This guy at a diner we were just talking about. Closeted And he came in and he was like not acting right. And the, and the, the diner lady was pouring his coffee. You know, typical old diner lady. Okay. You know, true salt of the earth American. Was there a Holstein cow in a field somewhere? Yeah. And I'm, pay- I'm painting this beautiful. Because even South Park. Maybe. Painting this beautiful alien narrative here. Okay. I love it. Okay. So the, like, the, you know, the salt of the earth diner lady with the pink uh, apron. Or, or and the a pink, bouffant hairdo. Pink dress. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So she's pouring his coffee. Hey, what's wrong with you today, Bob? Oh, you dang old butt don't feel right. It's aliens. Okay. <laughs> I know. I don't know why know that Bob. became a meme of the alien community. I don't Just, know. And why stuck that things up my butt. The Orphis. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. She puts a blanket over his shoulder. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob. What? Tell us how you Have feel. Some more coffee. Here's some more coffee. Yeah. Get jacked up and tell us about your aliens. All my Holsteins are dead, <laughs> Doris. Like what? <laughs> Killed all my cows. Killed my cows or sawed in half. I don't know half. what I'm gonna do. This. I'm gonna. This is a deficient. A deficiency now. Huh. <laughs> they probe me, Doris. I love the, I, I love the like, old, uh, you know, Midwest alien stories. They're fucking beautiful. It is always America too. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder. I don't hear. I want to know what the foreign. I was alien, just thinking Like that. Australia has a beautiful alien community as well. Europe does too. Yeah. Like I've never. Britain. I don't hear much of the European. Great, UFO Brit- Great Britain. They're really Canada into ghosts supposedly has and a stuff. Huge they also have a huge Squatch community yeah. up there. But I think the whole forest UFO community is vastly different than the Midwest UFO community. The cornfield. desert. We have the cornfield people, the, the and Roswell, then we have the desert people. The Area 51. I love how diverse the alien stories get based on our climate. Isn't it amazing? That is weird. I don't hear any alien stories from Antarctica. Has somebody made like... All a, five of you living there. Come on, let's hear the has UFO somebody stories. made an infographic about the geographical differentiations between alien stories? Because yeah. I would like to look at that. We talk, well, let's do an episode about that someday. You should write okay. that down. Okay. Because that you. seems interesting. I've never thought about the 
geographical differences of alien stories and how vastly different they are based on their climate. And that could actually be a reflection of how just different it is to be a human in these different environments, too. Well, because I think about I all it. origin stories have the same common thread, mm-hmm. but they're different based on where the people were. Like yeah. Polynesian origin stories, Indian ones, you know. like It's interesting to dig the humanity out of a story of inhumanity, isn't it? It really is, and then yeah, that, we we might have to we might do some research for that yeah. episode because I'd actually like to just weave the narrative all the yeah. way through. I also need to know if there's any UFO stories from people in Antarctica who have ever been in Antarctica. And I, well, haven't you like ever the, heard about the frozen cities? Like, the oh, I love like, that conspiracy. Yeah, theory. and then I would like to know what Papua New Guinea yeah. Hitler's secret their base stuff. there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. That's gonna be a fun one. Okay, I think that that's a good way to end. That might be Easter. our next episode. We'll go back to a more subject based episode, which yeah. I'm sure we'll di- digress into. God knows what on that one. I like that on Easter Sunday we have went from wellness oh, to res- to aliens. Yeah. It's I'm the kind pineapple of... pain train. <laughs> we had the blueberry brain train. We're on the pineapple pain train today. Oh gosh, I like it. <laughs> I think that's our episode the title. Pineapple... We had a different idea earlier. I can't what even remember it. it? Fr- uh, fridge supremacy. Fridge supremacy. Is that'll beautiful. be in the summer. That'll be in the description. I think. Yeah. Fridge supremacy. But and pineapple pain I train. Think good title. Pineapple pain train. Yep, because it's a nostalgia. Yep. It's a nostalgia knock to your head. <laughs> okay. On that note. Bye. Bye. I don't know what will.